previously on AFTN. are back in town. It's another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. We're back this week. We, we decided to, to take last week off because <laughs> we, we watched the TFC game. We I, thought, I, I did. <laughs> you're lucky. <laughs> we thought... We've got That's nothing. one reason we cancelled the show. Yeah. We didn't have to watch it. <laughs> we, I didn't watch. That we couldn't one even live. fill two minutes talking about that. I don't think. Now I'm in a two-hour show. Um, Zach and myself were away. We thought Steve could do it with himself. But I, I was back in time. He, he would have made it. I would have made it for the show. But it was just there was really nothing that, to talk yeah. about. I know, and I I didn't want to spoil my holiday by having <laughs> to relive the match by by calling in from the coast. So we're back now. We are. We we're not going to talk about the TFC game apart from. Disappointing draw. Mark DeSantis really, really wanted a win in his first ever Canadian derby in MLS. He likes beating Toronto. He likes beating Toronto. Who doesn't? I think we should have been playing 10 men for the last couple of minutes with a penalty. I think there should have been a sending off for Drew Moore. Would that have changed things? Who knows? But it was a one-all draw. It's in the past. We're almost at the halfway point of the Whitecaps season. Kind of weird when we're just starting June and we're almost at the halfway point. Yeah, they really sped it up. Also kind of weird, really, that MLS is still playing matches during this Gold Cup break. There was a lot of games midweek and at the weekend. There's US Open Cup games coming up next week, which I know the MLS clubs don't take that too seriously anyway, but man, it's it's... It's just bad that they don't really honour that, as as far as I'm concerned. But we're on a three-week Gold Cup break from the White Cats' point of view. We're going to kind of do a little bit of a, a half-season review, some of the good, the bad, and the ugly from that. This weekend, though, in the West, only Colorado won, so that was good for the White Cats. That was a 1-0 win over Minnesota, making Minnesota one of only two Western teams to lose, along with Seattle. Yay! KC, San Jose and Dallas all drew, so they all dropped points. So it was a pretty good pretty good weekend for the Whitecaps, not being in action. All of that leaves the Whitecaps in ninth in the West, 
18 points from their 16 matches, 4 wins, 6 losses, 6 draws, 17 goals for, 20 goals against, 1 point off the playoff spots, 4 points off 5th, but also 5 points off bottom. That's how tight everything is right now in the West. And it's setting up a fantastic second half of the season. It's true. It is. The, yeah, the, the enthusiasm <laughs> of you guys for the second up. half of the Sorry. MLS season. Well, the thing is, is uh, you're right. There is optimism there because they, they really, like we said, we've said so many times before, they started so late yeah. compared to other teams. and to have, But there are, the, the on the other side, you have teams like Portland, and uh, who haven't played very much, although they lost their first game Three in, games in at hand home. as well. Yeah, uh, but they're going to have a lot of fi- uh, fixture uh, congestion yeah. in the second half, so you got to see how much that's going to affect them, but most of them at home. So it, it's going to be interesting to see where everything falls together. And you know, like, for example, another Sporting Kansas City, a disappointing team in that first half due to injuries. Will it make a difference when they come back? You, you have to think it, it's going to. And if you look at the... The teams that's below us in the table just now, KC and Portland are the two teams you would really expect to be in the playoffs. For me, then, you're looking at the the fifth, sixth, and seventh spots right now. So you're looking at Dallas, you're looking at RSL, you're looking at someone else who I can't I, remember. I, I would say Houston, too, is in there. Yeah, because Houston's Houston, fourth just now. Uh, only because they have a lot of games in hand as well, but they've played a lot of their initial games at home. So they'll have more games on the road. And you, we know how in the That's past, true. in the history of Houston, they haven't played well on the road. And we have, and we talked about this, we've got a lot of our long trips out of the way to the East Coast. So that could hopefully be a, a positive thing as well. But since we're basically at the halfway stage, we'll, we'll just do a quick recap of how it is so far. How are you feeling right now about the team at this halfway point? Yeah, it's a fair conversation to have because of the juncture in the season. But it feels it feels like one of those conversations. Like you know, early in the year, you're like, "Oh, it's an embryonic table, and we can't really, mm-hmm. you know." It, it, it's it feels hard to um, talk about. It feels a bit unfair to to judge the Vancouver Whitecaps at this point because I, I I think you won't be able to have a, have a better idea till August. Let's say August, maybe September, and then obviously the season's what, virtually over. Summer signings, yeah, hopefully be, come because we've all come to this because part. to be honest, like in, in one respect. You, I think some people, the half, the glass half full perspective is there's a new manager. He's been able to uh, rework the team and bring in who he supposedly who he wants. Um, a lot of people, you hear them say things like, "I can see what he's doing. I can see what he's trying to do. I see a lot of positives." So there's some some that's the glass half half full perspective as I see it. The glass half empty perspective. <laughs> is a little bit more of, mm, uh, I, and this I hear from other people as well, uh, the, f- the, the style of football is not that different <laughs> than, what it, than what it was last year. That's interesting. I've, I've seen comments on different forums, non-Whitecats fans, just general kind of local football forums, like Take the Piss and stuff like that, where the feeling is it is playing a better brand of football. So yeah, some people a say more entertaining brand. Some people feel it's still far too def- defensive focused and a little bit too much 
let's say Scottish football long pass for some people because mm-hmm. they haven't got to the point where they have the right attackers in, in yeah, place. For, so yeah. sure, there can be multiple reasons. For it. But, and I'd rather play defensive and not give up many goals. And we, we've not been blown out. We've talked about that. We've totally. not been blown out of matches. Yeah. Totally. But uh, but then I think there's also on that glass half empty side. There is if you go back to let's say August September of last year. When the previous coach was released, you had people, the ticket reps, you had, I think, people from the front office kind of behind the scenes saying, don't worry, we're bringing in three designated players, it's going to be mm-hmm. great, whatever. I think on that on that front, it feels very much glass half empty. I think the, the Colombian's a disappointment on the whole. He, he, not that he has not contributed, yeah. I just think it's a disappointment uh, because I think a lot of people feel he's off the pace yeah. from where he was before. He, he has looked tired. Uh, the uh, the Korean Huang Inbom, I think people are excited about it and probably see. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good good signing or you know a step in the right direction. And but, but has dipped himself in the the last couple of weeks. Right. Uh, was, he, dipped, he dipped over to another continent. Mm. Um, but the, and then well, and he, then he sorry he dipped when the the travel really played into uh, a part. True. When before the travel hit, he was fine. And then when the travel hit, that's when he just. Lost I still it, think you know. it's the goal. Once yeah. he scored, he was like, oh, "That's it. I'm I'm, I'm right. good now." And then uh, and then Ardi Ar- 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 Oh, that's yeah. I think he's yeah. the biggest that's, disappointment. Yeah. So and with potential. Injured, so so when you can't even end alone. So I know it's not necessarily fully fair to to judge after 15 16 games whatever it is yeah um but at this point have they've only spent like 2.5 ish yeah. million of the minimum 12 13 that they got for alfonso davies so at this point it feels very glass half empty and we'll, we'll look at some of the rumored transfers as well yep. and yep. they are not like one's a free at least and yep. one's going to be pretty cheap so again not not spending so, that so money again, it's just a valid question it's like totally why are you not spending because this? they said they were going to yeah but again the way they're spending it is to continue with the same approach they've always had which is so just, spend, try and spend put it in a six-month bond and they're just waiting for that probably to, yeah to come out. spend as, as little as possible and hope you, you you find another kind of diamond in the rough that you can you can sell on for more yeah but, but which, which is not, which is that's not. I'm not saying it's not an, it's not a valid approach, but I don't think that's what a lot of people were expecting when the when the Davies deal went down. Well, one of the things we're all waiting to find out as well is what's going to happen with Ali Adnan, and I I'm sensing Mark DeSantis is getting a little bit pissed off with being asked every single day at training what's happening with Ali Adnan, to the extent that he's like, I'll tell you guys when I know something. This isn't something that changes daily, and it's like just be patient. He said, we'll know by the end of the month, probably before that. Just wait. We'll find out. I what, hope he stays. What is your sense on things, Michael? I I thought he was likely to stay for the end of the season. But there has been rumours now that there's a couple of clubs interested in him, including a Saudi club that spent a lot of money on other players. So when that starts to, to get dangled... Yeah, I mean, if if we're saying yeah, we'd like to keep him on loan yeah. and then maybe decide, and a Saudi club saying to Udinese, "Hey, yeah, we'll just buy him now." Exactly, that's so, going to make a big difference. So you don't like fancy, you don't fancy Vancouver Whitecaps in a bidding war. I no. don't fancy us in a not war, not for no. a left back. I I hope we keep him. I think right now I'll be surprised if we do. Yeah. But so w- will he come? Will he, would he come back for the All Star game, or how would that? <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious because there's a lot of Iraqi fans, as we know. Every time we post anything, they probably voted. They'll for probably vote yeah. for him and got him in the team. The world over. That would be really interesting. He has provided one of the highlights of the first half of the season with a stunning goal in the two-one win against Dallas. For me, that's been the White Cats' goal of the season so far. 
Either of you guys got a different... I'm going to provide an alternative, even though I think Ali's probably You're going to take mine, Steve. Uh, I know you're is gonna. it Venuto's? Oh, no. You can take that. I, I would think Venuto's... The, the little back heel, back heel from, from Matero. Because of the build-up and the way it was built up to so from the, the same back match. to the front. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I, I really like that one. I'm going I, to... I think both those are good shouts. I'd probably lean towards... Uh, that, uh, and, his, was, I, his was more individual, Ali. Well, yeah, 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 because of the going between the defenders. Yeah. The, fi- the finish was... It was a higher rating probably because it's on his weaker foot. But yeah, it was a for sure. It was, both of those were like that's how you should finish those. Yeah. For me, the the one that stands out partly because it feels like a, it feels like a while since we've seen a goal like this, uh, and we have well, we definitely have in the Vancouver MLS era. But I would go with DC's volley uh, away to oh who, yeah. who was it away to? Now I can't remember. Sport Kansas City. Possibly. Yeah, I think or it was New Kansas, York. Or was it Dead Bull? I think it might have been. Who are you talking about again? Cornelius. Taylor Cornelius oh. from Ali Adnan, the volley. That was uh, that was sporting. That was Kansas City, yeah. yeah. So th- that for me, just it's been a while since we've seen a nice volley. Yeah, that was. And you do like a defender, a centre-back doing oh, it like yeah. Duka, a couple yeah. of years ago. That's a good shout, yeah. yeah. That, I, that, would, that would be. I think those are the top three for sure because ha- the other ones have not been yeah. that spectacular. Which one of Freddie's penalties has been your particular <laughs> favourite? <laughs> well, he hasn't missed this year, right? No. That's good for him. Yeah. We need to put that pressure on him now, the next penalty. Probably at Century Link. Well, he missed one in 2017, right? Yeah. And you still hold that against him. Do I? I don't know. So let, let's look at another positive. Save of the season. I think there's only one choice here. The triple? I think so. It has, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's had some... He's had some one-offs, but that 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 whole scenario. Well, that, see that yeah, that's the thing. Some of the individual saves have been better yeah. than any of those three the on their of, own. Yeah. But when you put it together in a sequence like that, it's and if you listen to Corey Basso's uh, call on the radio, he just calls him crazy I, on that. I've listened it's, to it's a, worth a, calling a few of the radio calls this year, just because of I haven't been in the stadium for all of them or been away or whatever. And um, yeah, uh, your friend there, your. Colleague Corey, I, he's, Corey's good. He's, I, yeah, I think he's. I'm, more, I'm worried he's gonna tear like a throat muscle or something yeah. like that. Oh, sometimes, yeah. but he keeps. He, I think like he keeps getting better, and he, it feels like he's he's finding his own voice. Yeah. In 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 doing play by play. Yeah, I think we'll add him to the AFT and commentary team <laughs> at some point. But of course, we we had our our yeah, new commentator yeah, yeah. on Friday. How much how much cash did that cost you? Just a, a little word, I, Robo. <laughs> do us a favor, mate. I can't make it. They'll not tell the difference between a Welsh and a Scottish accent. <laughs> Just go on and, and, and do your stuff. I got it. I got it. Someone sent me a picture. Will Silver sent me a picture from the stadium of the of the booth. For, for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, I couldn't do the TSS game on Friday because I was travelling home. So we got Carl Robinson to, to step in. Yeah, as he was the third choice. Yeah, I asked Steve before. Him. I couldn't make it from work that in time for that. Unfortunately, but yeah, I think you got a better choice. He was, he, he was quite quiet. He was a little bit subdued. I thought he didn't. I like, heard he enjoyed it. Though. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be getting back. <laughs> I'll see what other games I want to miss. <laughs> so, player of the season, Whitecaps player of the season so far. I think it's Max. For me, yeah. I, I don't see. I, I I see them not having as many points if it wasn't for him. I've got a couple in mind. I'll see what Zach says. Yeah, I think I think he's there. I think you have to think of as well Eric Godoy and Danielle Henry. Yeah, the combo. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I think those three together are your, your triplet of the season to go with Max's saves. Treble. Yeah, the treble. Threesome. 
Okay. Uh, it's a threesome. I, I mean, dream of I mean, outside of that, obviously Adnan and 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 Huang, he, he, Huang yeah. and Bomb have been exciting for me. I know yeah. he's had errors. He's caught. Adnan, yeah. Adnan has been the most impactful player of yeah. the year, but I don't know most valuable. That's fair. That's, yeah. that's he's fair. had the miss of this season. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I, I think Max Shays. I, I do. I do hold that against him. Daniel <laughs> has surprised me. Daniel's been excellent. Yeah. I've started to come around and on him. I'm sure he'll be delighted about that. I'm sure he cares. Has sleepless nights, thumps his arm against the wall or something. He's enjoying his time with Canada. That's good. Is he going to be good to go? I guess we'll talk about that when we come to Canada. Who's your unsung hero? Well, again, I would go with one of those guys. Yeah, for me, it's Godoy. Yeah, probably. I would say Godoy is a good show. Or or Henry or Danielle. I would also say, in a way, Scott Sutter. Oh. When he's come on for yeah. Jake Nowinski, I, th- I really liked him. Because Godoy I, has had a lot of praise, whereas yeah. Sutter kind of has he gone also, under the radar. He also was one of Michael's favorite interviews. Yeah. Yes, I think, I think he likes he, chocolate digestion. I think and I got to listen to it, so I enjoyed that. And I think, mo- I haven't, you probably know Michael Moore, but I think on off the field dynamic of it. You know Michael Moore? Yeah. No. <laughs> he's a bit of a killer, but he's no, a good guy. No, but you know more about what's going on, on the off the pitch. I think he would probably have a really good, uh, you know, kind of calming influence on the team yeah. off the pitch even he, when he's not he's, starting he's a good locker room yeah. guy yeah. To, to have that's around. what I meant to say yeah. and coaching something that he's thinking about possibly down the line oh, as yeah. well he'll be a good coach another guy who I know uh, a lot of people will disagree with um, Russell Tybert when he was injured at the beginning of the season they didn't have very many results once he started mm. playing I know he doesn't have the you know the dynamicism that everybody wants in the midfield but he does have that kind of steady effort and everything like that and runs around the pitch. Now, that's been all our, our kind of positives. Well, no, actually, one more. What has been your match of the season so far? Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'll let Zach go first. No, yeah, I do have I, one ready to go. You go ahead. Portland. I, Portland oh, at all. No one. Yeah, they won that one. Mm. You guys don't remember that they beat them? <laughs> I, see, I Did was, you walk out at them during that part where they won? <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, I, remember I, I was that. thinking the LAFC win, but at the same time, some of the recent draws on the road, like KC and probably Red Bulls, I think for me was the best More performance. Like, yeah, impressive. Uh, because it was a crappy team I just really like, that was out there. I just call then, Portland because they're rivals, and it's good to I beat them. I think beating LAFC, handing that, them their yes. only defeat of the season. Yeah, that's kind of impressive. Yeah, too. to be fair, though, the, the what would you call this category? The most memorable game? or I, ma- Match of the season is... Because it could be the, the, it the, could whatever be, reason you to want. To be fair, the yeah. matches this year have not been like, wow. No. Yeah. That, like... Uh, like and I'm, I'm not just saying that just to be critical or anything like that. I just when I when you think even in the MLS era of like like it, there's certain games that stand out for you, and I don't think any from this year would make like a top ten. Yeah. Oh, hopefully, our best match this season is still to come, which will be the MLS Cup. Who's who's playing in that? Ellie and <laughs> I'm going to say Philly as my dark horse now. I think they might string it together. Oh, they just, uh, they beat, came back to beat Deadbull this mm. weekend. Good for them. Okay, so let's do some lightning, <laughs> lightning, uh, we kind of okay. talked about already, Big, biggest concern. Quick fire. Quick, biggest concern. I, for me, it's midfield. Yeah. Still. Midfield creativity. And I guess scoring would be another one. <laughs> Can I ask a qualifying yeah. question? <laughs> Are we talking on the field? <laughs> oh, yes. Let's, let's just let's keep this keep on, on the field. field. Okay. Let's keep this upbeat on the field. tonight. Um, uh, I think, well, biggest concern is, I, I, uh, Something we've said all year. It's an incomplete team. It feels like an incomplete mm-hmm. team. Like they cannot, uh, MDS can't do what he wants to do with what he has. 
What mark would you give MDS then? Speaking about him, out of ten, I would say it's seven, which is a B, B minus. I'd say yeah, B minus. If that's a seven, we'll go with a seven. But again, uh, yeah, I'd say might say B plus because of the way he's limited. I love his. Passion. I, I would say I would say he got a B minus because and he's got a broken pencil while doing that B minus. So he's been that, that's the limitation. The, there, way, well, the, yeah, the, the way he's limited in, in financially, like he's got, he, a, he's got a nub of a yeah. pencil, which he knew that coming in, right? He 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 he's up for the he's up for the challenge. But. Uh, yeah, I think a seven is is pretty fair. So we we know that we need some additions. So I think it's time now in the show to see. Here comes the rumor mill. So there's a few rumours kind of floating about. What? Give the credit to Glass City. He's the guy that, that's been putting all this out there. First as a Korean striker. Is he back in the front office's good books? Seems to be. He's got all the info. So a Korean striker. Hwang Woo Jo, 26-year-old, currently with J1 side Gamba Osaka, been there since 2017. He's got seven goals in 26 international appearances for Korea. The latest of which came midweek in their 1-0 friendly win over Australia. He came on as a sub, got the winning goal. He's available in a free after June 30th, so falls into the Whitecaps. It's a great kind of price. Prayer. Yeah. He's got 16 goals and 27 appearances last year in the J-League. 5-17 and 17 this year in all competitions for Gamba Osaka. He's six foot two, so he brings a height that we're kind of looking for. If MDS is looking at this three-five-two formation. Yeah, that seems a good six-foot-two Montero up front. Yeah, seems like a nice mix. He's a guy that knows how to find the back of the net. He's at a good age. Doesn't seem a bad bad signing. He's doing it on the international level. No, it's a good point. And uh, the thing, also the thing is with him, is that he, while well, he 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 like like I know you say five goals and seventeen this year. Um, like I, I read, assists. yeah, I read somewhere that uh, he they re, the Japanese side really tried to sign him uh, to an extension and he didn't, and there was an issue with the coach. I'm not sure how reliable that source was. It was like on a Reddit or something. Some of the like, translation it, so. stuff's not. Yeah, good. it was interesting though, like reading some of the Twitter threads when folks been talking about this. Well, for, first thing to say is he was asked about it and said he didn't know anything about it, so yeah. he'd have to inquire. Yeah. It could well, be a chance of the no, white he, caps. The thing is, he might not even his agent might not even know about it. It's just might oh, coming yeah. from the, all the caps. Well, there was another article which was really horribly translated in English. That it kind of said that Bobby Leonarduzzi and Vanni Sartini were over, kind of trying to get the deal to happen and kind of confirmed interest in him. But I don't know how reliable that that source was yeah. either. Will two Wongs make it right? Could be. Could work. That's the big question for me. He does seem a good player. A lot of the Twitter comments though were like, oh, he should be doing better than MLS. J-League to MLS, the fans thought was kind of comparable and they'd like to see him make a move to Europe. Oh, the Korean fans you're talking? Yeah. Internationally, yeah. And it's some of the Japanese fans as well. Yeah. From the, they the side. probably feel the same with in, in Bonn, no? Possibly, yeah. I think it's because you want to see, if you're a guy from there, you want to see your guys playing in the Bundesliga, playing in La Liga, England, or whatever. The, or the second Bundesliga. Yes. Or Sorry. or the reserves. Sorry, I'm still laughing about Hamburg. Oh. Second player that's been mentioned, 
Tunisian left-back, left-midfielder. He started as a, a left-midfielder. He's kind of converted into a left-back after having a cruciate ligament injury in 2017. Ayman Ben Mohammed, 24-year-old, born in London, grew up in Dublin, played some club soccer in Ireland with UCD, Longford Town, Bohemians, then transferred to Esperance de Tunis, a club we'll be talking about later on in this episode, mm. in 2016. He's won three Tunisian championships, this year's Tunisian Super Cup, the 2018 African Champions League, might win something this year as well. We'll come to that in headlines. <laughs> He's been capped twice at international level for Tunisia, <laughs> just been called into their African Cup of Nations squad... He did have that injury in 2017 and his, since he's come back, he's played left back and his his performances or his appearances have been a bit limited. You see this more surely being a backup to Ali Adnan and hopefully not the guy that's coming in to replace Ali Adnan. I think this would be... Because it's the, a big, big gulf no, I quality. Think, I think this is a replacement. I have a horrible they're, feeling it they're is, not, but... They're not bringing a player like this to be a, a backup. The resume is not comparable. No, no. definitely not. Yeah. But the upside is might be more too. Yo, the big upside is that Irish fans already have a song for him that that you can use. It's to hum- wait, 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 should we do it off air? No, no, it's a good oh. one. It's the Human League. Don't you want me, baby? It's like Ben Muhammad, baby, oh. Ben Muhammad. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, pretty good. Good song. So that that's some of the rumors that that's been doing the rounds. Another rumor we talked about AFTN commentator Carl Robinson. He's been linked. To a job in Scotland with Kilmarnock, head coach there. That would be an interesting one if you took it because they've qualified for Europe, so they'd be in Europa League qualifying. It's a young, exciting squad. They finished third this year. The pressure, though, on him, you can't go much higher in Scotland when you've got Rangers and Celtic above you than third unless you have an outstanding season. And Kilmarnock did top the table for a while. Their manager's just going to manage Scotland, so there's high expectations. Uh, the Scottish Sun reported this, so take this with a, a pinch of salt, because they're not always the most reliable. But they said that he had got in touch, he's applied for the job, in inverted commas, and was prepared to fly to Scotland for a face-to-face interview. So who knows? Hmm. You do have a feeling if he goes there, you could see some familiar faces from the Whitecap days end up there with him. But that is it for our Whitecaps chat. We will be back in part two with some Gold Cup talk. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Is it too late to apologise? Never. That's what we say usually when the show goes off air every week here on (laughs) CITR Radio 101.9 FM. 
the AFT and Soccer Show, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. That song was by Sarah Jickling, the O'Wells, her previous band. You might recognise the voice. Sarah is the the woman that provides the theme music for the AFT and Soccer Show. Very popular song. So we thought, you know what? She's Canadian, a Canadian woman. The Women's World Cup's on. Canada, we're going to be talking about that over the next two parts in the Gold Cup and the Women's World Cup. Let's make Sarah Jickling our Artist of the Month for June. Nice. So we're bringing you four songs from Sarah and O'Wells for her, her previous band and some of her solo stuff over this month. Because I, I like to think that the theme tune that she did, that was her gift to us. Yeah. And it's a gift that keeps giving. We all like gifts. We all like gifts. So, okay. Oh, so I have a gift. This is, I, I love gifts on the it's, radio. It's not, it's not Christmas, and you'll know what it is. But because this Christmas was such a disaster. For me? Yeah. I got You got me something. Well, remember the other day I brought like all the chocolate for my car. <laughs> I felt really, have to do I this. felt really bad. So did I create it all. You know what it is. Oh, is it the the what you asked me about? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, it's a legendary Marvel Legendary Fantastic Four expansion pack. Ooh. Thank you very much. Does that make them you, the Fantastic Eight or Twenty or? Well, they've had, you, you have, expanding the Fantastic don't, Four to a no, the number? Marvel Legendary is the it's expansion oh. pack of the Fantastic Four. It's an oh. expansion four game. You know, just yeah. expanding the Fantastic Four into no. like the. Terrific 13 or something. No. Thanks a lot, Zach. No I didn't expect that. Christmas in June. Yeah, even in Christmas paper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that, yeah. Um, yeah so I, was, I almost missed the beginning of a show today, uh, which, you know, coming from far away, we sometimes, sometimes happens. Well, sometimes yeah, happen. To be fair, for anyone that doesn't know, Zach comes in from the interior for the show every week. <laughs> um, so uh, I try not to be a distracted driver. I work very hard. That's at, good. At, I usually, what happens? Were when you I'm, rapping this while you were driving? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's what I was doing in the he other room. He was rapping though. Because yeah, no, I uh, I try. So what I usually do is just put on a podcast and then start driving and head, head this way. But sometimes the, my ringer's on and I could tell I got a message. So uh, on the way here, I got a I got a ding and uh, it was one of those things where the phone's in a spot where you can see while you drive or whatever. So I was like, oh. Uh, it was a message and it was it looked important. So I pulled over. Uh, usually I wouldn't do this. Usually I just keep driving and whenever I get wherever I'm going. So I pulled over. I looked at the message and the message is like, have you registered your kids for the free Lego oh, giveaway? <laughs> and I was just like. That's for me. I was just like, I could be late for the show, but my kids can't miss the free Lego. It is, it, is it just for kids? It's just yeah, for kids. It's a Toys R Us. I'm against that. <laughs> That's ageist. Hey, oh, there's what an, about seniors like myself. No, there's one for eight for fifteen and older. Oh, it's t- tomorrow. It's uh, at the Lego. It starts the sign up is tomorrow at the Lego store. Oh, I don't it's know. for uh, Stranger Things. Oh, okay, they have a Stranger Things mini build. Cool. Yeah, I'll tell you about that. Off Stranger air. Danger. That's <laughs> what we'll be talking about, and we're going to see a lot of strange people on our television screens over the next month because the Gold Cup gets underway on Saturday. That's our neat segue to, to get into our Gold Cup chat. <laughs> really forced segue. <laughs> Bit forced. He doesn't like that. The 2019 Gold Cup gets underway on Saturday. There's four groups this time around. 16 teams. Matches are getting played in the States, as, as always, as it feels. But Costa Rica and Jamaica are getting to host some matches this year. That's good to see. I still hope Canada can actually host it properly at, at some point. 
not just like the token two games that we got in 2015 in, in Toronto. It was two games on one day back to yes. back. Yeah, yeah. Which I it's a double head in Costa Rica and, and Jamaica as well. Yeah. It's like a little token thing off. They they just be good and just be quiet in the US. The thing is, it. Mexico doesn't even get to host most of the they, time. They, they got, again, one of the years as well, they got a little token of, here yeah. you go, you get to host a thing. They need to move it around. I believe that is the plan going forward. Talk it, to Vic. It, I would try to. Well, maybe he listens to the show. John Herman does, so if he's listening, he can talk to Vic. <laughs> Put in a good word. Say Canada got it. It would be good prep for the 2026, the infrastructure for the stadiums. Maybe we might even get to do it because it's CONCACAF and, and not FIFA. Who knows? And we might have a new government by then too. Yes, hopefully. Wait, 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 I'm wait, still wait, waiting wait. for my renters rebate. Wait, Don't wait, start me in that. Wait, wait, did you say that you think there's a chance that the World Cup could still be in Vancouver? No, no. Oh, if we, if gold we hosted cup. a Gold oh, Cup. Oh, Gold Cup. Yeah. Okay. No, I've given that, that horse is long bolted, sadly. The first Gold Cup was played in 1991 after the previous CONCACAF Championship was discontinued. I'm pretty sure most people listening will know Canada has won it. They yeah. took home all the marbles in 2000. I watched it. Holger Osiak. Oh. We were watching that. 2-0 win over Colombia. Not a CONCACAF nation. Maybe that is the key. Open it up to other countries. They also played South Korea in that tournament. Yes. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. Wow. They won a coin flip in order to make they it beat, to the... Yeah, they the, beat the, South the, Korea on drawing of lots, I yeah, believe what it was. To make it to the next round. That's a very Canadian way of going through. <laughs> if it was a very Scottish way, if we were involved in that, we'd probably lose the, the drawing of lots. Goals in the final from Jason DeVos. Whatever happened to him? Carlo Corazine. Corazine was a golden boot winner. He got four goals in that tournament. Yep. Two goals for East Fife's Trinidadian legendary striker, Arnold Warica. One of our three Trinidad players we had at East Fife. Yeah, Martin Nash uh, made a big play against Mexico, I think it was. Was it Mexico? When he sent he's, somebody free or something Yeah, like he that? set up one of the goals. Yeah, I set up one of the and goals. And then Jeff Clark was in the team too. Yeah. Right? I could, I'm not sure yeah. about Jeff Clark, but you could be no, right there. It's, it's crazy to think you've had the 86 team that qualified for the World Cup, they're held up there. You've got the 2000 Gold Cup team, they're kind of held up there as a legendary team. It's been a long time since we've had a legendary team to, to hold up there on the men's side. Obviously the women's done well at the Olympics, a couple of bronze medals for them, but on the men's side, even under 23, under 20, under 17, there's not been teams that's been like, oh, this is like such a, a team that's going to be in the Hall of Fame or whatever. It does genuinely feel that this Canadian team is the best chance that we've had in a long time to repeat success or at least go pretty deep. Or is that just us getting all kind of carried away in the John Herman no. Alfonso Davis excitement and hype train? No, and Jeff Clark was in the team in 2000. No, th- th- I mean, this team is is so exciting and not in a, like, I mean... Usually you go into a tournament with some kind of excitement, right? Yeah. Either it's a new player or a new coach or new formation or new collection of players. It's been or... a while since Scotland's been in any tournament, so I'm not used to that feeling. Right. But Canada gets into the Gold Cup like every time. Or yeah. Virtually. I think they they auto-qualify or they qual- they've qualified for everyone they've had to or whatever. It feels like. Um, they uh, So every time it seems like there's something exciting. But like, yeah, this, like we've said before in the last year or two, 
Like this, just with all with the, with both the some players like you have, they have the Tiba right. He's at the end, but he's still amazing. Then you have like all these dudes who said, "Yeah, I'm going to play for Canada." Like Junior Hoylet, your favorite buddy, uh, Arfield, Scotty, Tabla, uh, yeah, Tabla, who's no, not, no, in the squad, not in the squad, but yes, Tabla. <laughs> he's been capped. Um, there's a few others in there. Yeah, cap uh, him, then don't call. Yeah, so you have those guys, and then you have this group of young, dynamic players that are, have either made a, some type of breakthrough or who are on the cusp. Yeah, yeah. and the, they're just so excited. And the crazy thing is that they're most of them are attacking players, which yes. is like crazy for Canada. It's usually, it's a, work, it's usually a workman-like team. Where yeah, our Can- defenses. Canada usually you you could always count on the keeper would be good quality. They'd have to make a million saves, but they were usually quality. Then center backs. We used to be pretty good. Feel good about our center yeah. backs. And then you worried about it from there, from going to full back and out. You worried about the rest of the team. Yeah. This team is like the exact, almost the exact mm-hmm. opposite, where you feel great about the attack. The midfield feels dynamic midfield enough and, really and strong exciting. enough. And even the fullbacks feel fine. The center backs, you have a little bit of question. Keeper, I think, is okay. In, in fact, 2000, it was Craig Forrest, I think, was the yes. player of the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I think MVP. Dynamics are good. Word to de- to describe the attack and the midfield. It's and they have options it's too. Oh they have yes, options. So if, they have, if they have a one injury, they can still have somebody to replace them off the bench. Well, that's the thing. They're going to need to use a lot of these options in these group stages because they kick off the tournament on Saturday, first match of the whole tournament. Actually, Martinique at the Pasadena Rose Bowl, where I've seen an MLS game. It's an experience when you see. This was in nineteen ninety seven. The Galaxy, LA Galaxy, Dallas Burn, oh, Western burn. Conference Final. Did you feel the burn? I, I did because it was a very hot day and I didn't have <laughs> Do, sunscreen on. What about hat? Did you have your hat? I, I always yeah, yeah. And you had some hot sauce, so it felt the burn later on too. <laughs> I've got some nice little souvenirs from, from that day. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But Pasadena Rose Bowl is a, a big stadium. Yeah. So where the World Cup final was in 94. Yeah. yeah. Then they play Mexico and Denver on June 19th. Then that's, Cuba and Charlotte on June 23rd. That's where you, the the... the, the, the I, I know they want to beat Mexico, but they got to rest players against that team, and then yeah. they got to really go after Cuba. Well, it's three uh, very they, different opponents because only top two make it. Unlike yeah. other seasons, the Cuba game you feel is going to be the big one, but Martinique. It can surprise. You can't stumble. <laughs> yeah, you, there's no there's the no room thing. to stumble. No, they they need to go out and get. I, I, this is the, the, I think the tension for John Herman and his coaching staff is going to be the decisions around how to approach that Martinique game. Because I think there will be at least some temptation to approach it the way they have some of these League of Nation games, where it's like, eh, let's just play some strikers at fullback, uh, you know, some wingers at fullback, and go and go just go crazy. Let's just like, you know, those games where you're like, I think there's two defenders and like six midfielders and eight strikers. You know, I know that doesn't add that, up, but but I, that's going to be the temptation. Oh yeah. Or they say, hey, this is a tournament. We need to make sure this we get the three points for this. Let's be a little bit more conservative in our approach. And and our our player selection and position selection and all that kind of stuff, uh, because we need to get this to get to the next round. The next round. But I agree with you. There's going to be there should be significant squad rotation, rotation yeah. in this. Not not because they absolutely have to, but because I think it would be smart. Just talk. This actually has just come back to me. I did have. I actually had a dream last night where it was one one against Martinique, but Canada got a late late winner. And Russell Tiber either scored it or had the assist. He had something to do with it. So let's see if that plays out. So wait, you had a you had what you feel might be a prophetic dream. Yeah. That Canada is going to win two one against Martinique. Yes. Okay. Let's see if that happens. Three very different opponents, though. Three very different atmospheres and climates. <laughs> we could see a lot of squad rotation. That was one of the things that John Herdman talked about in a conference call 
just before the score, the day that the score was announced. So I'm going to bring you a little bit of that now. It was a 20-minute call, so I'm going to bring you about six minutes now. We're going to put the rest out in one of our extra podcasts so you can hear everything. So let's hear some thoughts from John Herdman. Yeah, I think, you know, selection for Gold Cups is always, always a bit of a challenge when you look at players' individual circumstances, whether that's personal injury, where they're at, you know, in their pre-season development, what they need um, for themselves, first and foremost, uh, to keep their careers moving forward. And combining that with a non-FIFA window, you know, selection is, is, is a challenging uh, process. But... You know, it's been an exciting one because I think you know all the players that that Canada needs to be on that roster to give them the best chance to push high into that Gold Cup uh, placing is they're there and they're hungry and and absolutely committed to you know take this team as far as they possibly can. So you know, there's there's probably a few players there that you, you would have liked to have filled out the roster with, but you know, for their own reasons, there. Um, they haven't been uh, available for this this particular camp. Just playing devil's advocate, can you can you explain the selection of someone like Noble Opello, who a bright prospect but very inexperienced, versus you know say someone with more national team experience? Can you just explain your reasoning behind that, please? Yeah, I think I think firstly, you know, it's it's probably focusing on you know the players that are there, the, the critical players there. That have got the experience and, and and have got the ability to really take Canada to that next level are on the roster. So I mean, I think the, as a coach, the, the most important conversation that you're always going to have is with you know those players that are going to play the, the percentage of the minutes. But I think when you start looking at a roster of 23 players, you always have to to, to give consideration and, and be honest with players, have honest conversations about the role that they're going to play. And then look at where they're they're currently sitting in their careers. For some players, you know, there's injuries that have came into play. People like Sam Adekube, David Eke. Uh, For others, you know, they've got personal uh, realities, you know, where, you know, their family has had to come first through this period. And and then through the non-FIFA windows, you've got, you know, young players like, you know, Shami Chom, Jay Chapman, Matthew uh, Chonier, you know, a whole raft of players that... During this window, there's, there's games going on at MLS, and some of these players are in the last years of their contracts. And you know, when you're you're really honest with players around what role they may be playing at a World Cup, uh, it becomes pretty clear. Uh, you know what, what what's most important for that player at this time, and, and at times it's it's to you know help their country at another time. And I think for this one, you know, someone like a Noble Akello is someone I've worked with at the uh, U21 level in Toulon, but in some solid performances at U20s level, we've we've seen what he can do. And as a player, he's pretty clear on his role coming into this this tournament in a very deep midfield squad, and how he's going to support and impact the group, and and more importantly, how he'll grow through that experience and and be ready for Canada if called upon. Hey John, I know you just said that the, the percentage of players that you think that that are going to get you, you know, through this tournament are there. But you know, I look at the schedule and I think that first week you're playing three games in three different time zones. So, so how do you push through with this group of 23? Like, how many are actually going to see the field? Because 
I mean, excuse me if I'm wrong, but I would think that you're going to have to rotate quite a bit in that first week of, of crazy travel and three games in a week. Yeah, I think I think you're right to, to highlight. It's going to be a challenge for every team. It's it's always going to be a tough a tough schedule, and I think the the realities are you've got three tough games as well. You know, when you analyze Martinique, Cuba, and Mexico, they all pose a different challenge to Canada. So you're going to need to, to rotate squads. But you know, when you look at the rotation of squads, there are players that will play. You know, the majority of minutes in tournaments, I mean, that's just the reality, whether you assess how World Cups are won or how underdogs go deep into tournaments, you know, there is a reality on a reliance on players. But I think the the beauty is Canada has got a lot of depth in their forward line, their midfield, some depth at, uh, in the defence as well. So we, we can still rotate. And I think every man that's been selected has to be ready to play. But there's, you know, a reality with any team that, you know, some players are going to play more minutes and they're going to have to grind performances out. And again, as a coach, you're always assessing, you know, that, that rotation versus, you know, the, the lack of uh, chemistry or, or, or competency that comes off the pitch. So I think for us, we, we've got a, quite a dynamic group there, you know, players that can play across multiple positions. And, you know, that's been a, a critical part of my selection as well. Kind of a bigger picture question, but now that you know what the squad you're going to bring uh, looks like, uh, what are your realistic expectations for this tournament? Where, where do you realistically you know, hope to place? Well, I think as a, as a coach, you always want to go and win win a tournament. You're, you're always dreaming of that, that moment and planning back from that last game. There's, there's no doubt that there'll probably not be a coach in in this tournament that isn't dreaming at that moment but at the same time you know you, you've got to go with where the players are at I mean that that group of players they, they have a, an internal goal they're pretty clear on what their targets are so I think as a minimum you know they're always the minimum is to, to get out of that group stage and, and then to roll with what the tournament's throwing at you but I think ultimately the team have, have said you know the, we hit the quarterfinals last time we want to ensure that we we push further than that and I think that's that, that's critical the team know they're they're underdogs in some ways and, and in other, other games they're going to be you know highly favoured to win matches so I think in simple terms it's uh, you know this group getting the best out of each other and, and pushing on you know beyond what they achieved in the last Gold Cup man's man I'm a man's man I'm a man's man ladies man I'm a man's man I'm a man's man John Herdman there, Canadian coach and I said we'll bring you the, the full conference call in an extra podcast that we will bring out this week so watch out for that so one of the things he was talking about there was the fact that he wasn't able to have a squad exactly how he wanted partly through injury David Edgar, Sam, Arakubi both missed out. This is likely going to have been Edgar's last, know, last, chance. last big yeah. chance at anything with Unless Canada. League That's of Nations come up. Remember he's, Possibly. As well. uh, so, I mean, they're, they're missing. There's another couple of guys. Baloo Tabla is obviously the big one. He did mention that because the Gold Cup does not fall within a FIFA window, they can't automatically get the players. Uh-huh. And that some MLS players, because their clubs are playing, like us, 
they're deciding to choose to stay with their clubs. Other players are wanting to maybe have the summer off with their families or whatever. It's not ideal. Blue, but blue tabla. I thought the real reason was because he hasn't been playing. It could be that. And and there are like like we said before, there's a lot of strikers in the group that are like attackers. Yeah. Attackers. The well, problem, he, he the did he did mention that he spoke to all the players and said what role he saw them playing. So if guys aren't going to be playing much, and you're maybe wanting to to stay with your club to make sure you get a starting spot with your club, it kind of makes sense. You no, know, it does. And but one thing I know this is we we could have talked about this last week when they announced the forty man uh, mm. uh, thing. The one name that I I found I thought Jordan Hamilton not being on it from TFC. I thought that was yeah. surprising. He's had a really good year, and he scored a lot of big goals for TFC. Was, was Anthony Jackson Hamel in the? 40? No, I don't no. see him okay. either. And there were some players that I didn't expect him to be. In. So I thought was, uh, Anthony Jackson Hamel was in there ahead of Hamilton. Maybe he was. I'm not and sure. That, I that, that, that caught my eye. But I think but I yeah, Jordan Hamilton's a pretty decent striker right now at this point. Uh, I the, the one thing about Tableau that was interesting is I thought I heard that one of the reasons why he wasn't selected was because of the lack of playing time. But then Herdman brought mm. in another kid who also had played nothing. Yeah. So it was kind of like, oh, uh, what's going on? But, but it might be, the- <gasps> might be what you said there, Michael. Excuse me. Oh, you okay? Yeah. Four Whitecaps made the final 23-man roster, as we expected from that 40-man roster. Maxime Cripeau, Daniel Henry, Derek Cornelius, Russell Tybert. Is there any concerns about the defence? It it helps that the fact that the two you know, who you're expecting to be the two center backs are have been together, even though they haven't played together yeah. the whole year, they've been together and they played together for Trained. Canada. Yes. Hopefully, Henry is healthy because I think he there's is some players there's some players you expect to be in in the squad that isn't. So, mm-hmm. goalkeeping wise, it looks good. We've got Max Cripo who's having a great season with the Whitecaps. He won't be the start. It's going to be mm-hmm. Milan Borjan. You, you'd I'll, imagine. I wonder if they could do the thing where I remember a couple a couple of Gold Cups ago where Nick Romando was the backup on the US team, but they would fly in to play for RSL and they fly mm-hmm. back and play. I wonder if you could do that. But like I said, I don't think a big issue with Zach McMath being in no. there either. I mean, an interesting thing from the squads this time around as well. Last time you could make squad changes after the group games. Can't. Now you can't. No. So I think that's why some of the MLS teams have maybe put a little bit of pressure on, on their guys not going away. But we are losing four. One of them is Max Cripo. Got a chance to speak to him at Whitecaps training just before he headed off to the, the Canadian camp. This is his second Gold Cup. Let's see how excited he is for it. So, Gold Cup's coming up fast. How how much are you looking forward to it this time? Yeah, honestly, I look forward really, really much. We know we it's a it's a new group, it's a new era. Uh, we have some young guys that are hungry, uh, but a little bit unexperienced. So the the veterans have to um, have to deal w- well with that in, within the group. And uh, we get uh, a group like a Vin Betweeners that's been around and around 24 year, 25 years old. Uh, so we, we have a good mix. We have some quality. We have some experience. Um, looking forward to to see how the team will react in big moments because uh, last year the teams that we played wasn't highly ranked in the FIFA. So I think it's going to be like a first real test as a team. Uh, without any lack of respect to any nations that we faced and all of that stuff, because Canada has to has to be more respected in, in the international level. That that's the thing. I mean, you look at the group, and it's easy to dismiss the likes of Cuba and Martinique and then some of the other teams that's in in the whole tournament. 
Canada in the past hasn't gone into tournaments and even some qualifying games kind of like as the favourites. This time it, it feels different. Does Do you feel that it's different? Does it put any extra pressure on you that you're expected now to win these games? Yeah, well, we always want to win uh, those games. Uh, but, uh, you know, Martinique and Cuba are, are quality teams that can cause a surprise for sure. You know, you, you think they're not as powerful, but they are. They are. Uh, they're so... they're proud people that are is, is going all in and obviously we we get mexico in, in denver that's good we know the the reality of this game as well it's going to be probably the biggest game of the stage but without uh without fearing them uh we need to to show up and the same thing with with martinique and cuba uh, after that you know we we know that it's a huge game and they those are are the two games that will say that we need to get points out of them and Mexico we need to have the mentality that we're going in the field getting the three points and going through the group the face uh, the first phase yeah now I know it's always dangerous you don't want to look too far ahead into any competition but if you then look at the quarterfinals you're playing the depending where you finish first or second in group B could be Costa Rica Haiti depending on how that goes it looks a good draw for the country as well I mean, I spoke to Russell, he says the aim of the, the thing is to go and win it. Is that the mentality of the group? You totally believe you can win this thing? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We see the players. We see uh, all the players that, uh, that that are playing at club level, which is uh, better levels than it used to be in, uh, back in, uh, in two years ago, the last Gold Cup, definitely. So um, we see that the quality of the players improves. And uh, this team, this group has been together for now a year. And uh, we've proved good things. We've proved good things, and the mentality is to win it. And we truly believe that. We truly believe that that we can face uh, great teams. You know, Mexico, U.S. Uh, we'll have a taste in um, the Nations League as well yeah. uh, later on. So uh, we truly believe that we're right in the mix. We're right there. Yeah. All these tournaments, the games come really fast, and you've not got much time to relax in between. It's so weird because you're playing in Pasadena, so you've got that kind of temperature and atmosphere. Then you go into the altitude of Denver. Then you go into Charlotte, which again could be a weird kind of temperature. Maybe, yeah. yeah. How, how easy is it for a player to adjust your body for those different kind of scenarios? Uh, so honestly, you prepare to uh, to anything, and uh, with uh, the reality of the MLS, it's good because uh, players from here were used to travel long distance like that. Players from Europe, it's maybe a little bit. Uh, uh, moment of a, a, a adjustment, if we, if we can say, but uh, you only you only prepare your body and to to play all 90 minutes. That's how you have to prepare. Uh, either treatment on the table, uh, get fix uh, all the little soreness, and after that, it's the mental game of switch on 90 minutes. We're we're going all in, you know. So that's uh, that's the mentality that the players has to has to develop uh, around here is to be. It's to be the top of uh, of our play on our level, you know. Good luck, and hopefully we'll see you in July. Perfect. Thank you. Max Cripple there talking about the Gold Cup and how excited he is for it. Not expecting to see him maybe getting game time, but you never know. The team just now is in pre-tournament camp. There was a CPL call-up to the, the training camp, which yes. former white cap, Noah Verhoeven. It did make me wonder how much of it is marketing 
so they can say, oh, a CPL player was called in. How much is it that they want him to commit to Canada because he has dual nationality just now? Well, didn't, he, didn't he play for Canada at the Toulon tournament? A while yeah, ago, he scored a goal for them, and Herman played, was there watching. He's too, played with the US, he's played with Canada yeah. at different levels. I believe Michael played at the Toulon tournament one <laughs> Good for him, anyway. But we're going to be back with some more Gold Cup chat after this. This is Atiba Hutchinson, and you're listening to the AFTN show. <laughs> or, it was going good until that, Michael. Uh, or Ghostbuster Panda. That was the Ghostbusters thing. Uh, yeah. Tell us why. 35 years ago this weekend. Nice. Came out along with Gremlins. Same weekend? Same weekend. Yeah. Yes. What? Yeah. And the Hollywood did that at one point? Steve and it, told me that. I was like, whoa. And a very underrated uh, kind of spoof movie, uh, Top Secret. Oh, with Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. Yeah, 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 very underrated. Which I, I can't, remember, I, I can't film, remember it, but I've seen it. it. I didn't know the name, but Steve was explaining. I was like, oh, yeah. I've seen it, uh, but I don't remember the movie, but I knew Val It was Val very Kilmer. funny. It was just laugh. Every, everything yeah. was a joke. Like it was, And they, they all hit, too, at that time um, when I was watching did it. You, did you go to Ghostbusters in the theater? No, I didn't. I went to Gremlins. Um, okay. I, I think that was my first ever time going into a theater. I was about eight, I think. And the thing is, I don't remember watching very much of it because my an- un- uncle and aunt who took me didn't realize how of a violent movie it was and they had my eyes covered most of the movie. Yeah. So I missed most of the movie. I didn't watch it for another two years. Yeah, I don't, think I've, I don't think I've shown Gremlins yet to my 10-year-old. No, it was a very, it wasn't, looking back on it, it wasn't that violent, but for an eight-year-old, it might have been like really My harsh. kids want to see it because it was in Lego Dimensions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it gave the name to one of my all-time favorite bands, Mogwai. No, oh, yeah. should actually have them as artists of the month. I thought it gave the names of your favorite CFL player, Gizmo Williams. Oh. But you're back listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. We're going to be back with a little bit more Gold Cup chat in this part. It's the usual mixture of experience and inexperienced guys in, in Canada's squad. One of the guys that's pretty experienced, you may say a veteran almost, is Whitecaps player Russell Tybert. And he was another guy that I got a chance to sit down and have a chat with before they headed off to training camp. Let's see how excited he was. I looked this up before I asked you, but what Gold Cup is this for you? How many have you been in before? Three or four. It's like a blur, man. You know what's crazy? Is I'm being called like a vet now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. I don't know if it's a compliment or they're just saying I'm old. It but just means you're getting older. 
<laughs> you're still about half the age of me, so you're fine. That's, that's good. That's, that makes me feel better. Obviously, you're still going to get excited about going away to a big tournament like this. This time, in particular, it feels like this is a squad for the first time for maybe a number of years that you look at the draw, you look at who you've got, who you've maybe got beyond the group stages. It's a squad that could go quite far. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I don't think, you know, it, it it's... The buzz is dependent on the opponent. I don't think that's what the buzz is about at all because, you know, we're playing the tough, tough sides and it's a tournament. You know, they're one-off games and, and anything goes. I think people are, are excited. We are excited um, about the team that we have and the locker room that we have and, and what John's created with the national team. Um, the two words that I throw around and that are thrown around this national team and, and throughout Canada soccer right now is is culture and brotherhood and what we've created uh, here is, is something special and, and something to look forward to for the Gold Cup because our goal is to go out and win it. Going into previous tournaments, even like previous World Cup qualifiers, Canada's always maybe been a bit of the underdog. Yeah. But this time, especially in the group, because no, it's, it's easy are. to dismiss, I guess, Cuba yeah. and countries that are lower than you, but you know it's a big threat. But you still feel that you're going in as a bit of an underdog? Absolutely. I mean, I don't think Canada... Um, I don't think we've... we've deserve is a, is, a, is a tricky word because, you know, you, you can't say anyone or anyone des- anybody deserves anything. But we've been regarded as an underdog for a number of years. And this group has set out to change that. We want... Uh, Canada soccer from the youth setup, these guys, the under 17 is qualifying for a World Cup, um, to the to the men's national team from from men's to women's to get the respect uh, you know that Canada soccer should have. You've played all over the world, so you've been in a lot of different environments. These three group games, you could say maybe LA and Charlotte's gonna be kinda similar, but it, it does feel like it's gonna be three different kind of temperatures and atmospheres and everything that you're going into. How, how do you adjust to that so quickly? You know, uh, in, in Canada, we're actually kind of fortunate to get all of the different types of weather. Um, we've played in some really hot temperatures this year so far. We've played in some cold temperatures. I, I don't think the temperature is, an, is some adversity, but I think the setup uh, for us going into this tournament, it's solely focused on, on what we're trying to build in the grand scheme of things. So you take, the, you take each game 90 minutes at a time and you make sure you're at your peak. You're, everybody's at their best within those 90 minutes. But the main goal for us, not the main goal, the long-term goal on this roadmap that we've had, we've we've made history throughout throughout the, the you know the qualifying games to, to make it into Group A. The roadmap for us is to make it to the World Cup, and this is just another stepping stone. So I know you know each group game is important, and there's going to be some adversity. There's there's going to be all kinds of adversity. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be fatigue. There's going to be uh, weather circumstances. All those things are what a tournament throws at you, and that's why you need an entire squad. It's kind of a bit of an edged sword because the better Canada do, the more impact it's got on the Whitecaps because we've got some big games coming up after the Gold Cup break. Obviously, it's a, it's a deep squad, but defensively, do you think there is some concern as to how the Caps are going to do if Daniel and Max and Derek might all be away for games against like Dallas and Seattle? Well, I mean, the way I, I, I'd answer that question is through a player and through an example, and, and he's probably one of the best pros or one of the best guys I've, I've played with, and that's Andy Rose. You know, a guy who uh, starts off the year, plays very well, gets an unfortunate injury, comes back, scores a goal to get us a draw in Colorado, and now he's stepped up and played center back, and he's played outstanding. Yeah. Um, 
he's not the only one. And what I mean by that is there are other guys that are willing to, to play out of their comfort zone, to play a different position uh, for the benefit of the team, and he's doing just that, and he's leading by example. Great. Thanks so much. Good luck. Thank and you very hopefully much. see you way into July. Russell Tybert there, looking forward to the Gold Cup. A question for you guys as proud Canadians. Where does the Gold Cup stand for you in importance now? Is it still a big tournament? Why do you say now? Do you maybe not feel it's the gloss has gone off it a little bit? Just in general? Yeah. The the gloss is off it in general because they play it every two years. Yeah. It'd be nice if they played it every four years. See, that's exactly what I think. There's validity to that. I think, though, when you're a country with what's gone on for the Canadian men's national team, in the other the other perspective of it is you're kind of happy that every two years you can actually play for something that feels meaningful or that is mm-hmm. meaningful. I think because the, the the Confederation Cup is dead, right? Uh, so winning, kind of. yes, so it's winning, life support yeah. for sure. So no, winning this, do, dead. winning this doesn't qualify you for anything else at no. this moment, right? Yeah. So there's also that because that was kind of an exciting thing. So if you win this, you get to play in this other exclusive. Uh, winners only kind of tournament. Um, they should w- let them play in the Intertotal Cup. I miss, <laughs> I miss that. that. Yeah, there was like three finals, <laughs> yeah. and the, all the winners got in the UEFA Cup. Was you it? get in Europe. You get in Europe. <laughs> no, and you, there's no, there was no trophy. No. Final predictions then as to how you think Canada will do. How far are they going to go? I think they sh- well should and will. I'm not sure, but I think they should, and I think they will finish second in the group. And they're if they finish second, they're going to play the top team in Group B, and that mostly be, be Costa Rica. Costa Rica yeah. And I think they can beat them. Costa Rica's kind of like mm. the middling; they're not as good as they were, but they're not as bad as well, people think they are. The and, card. Yeah, sure. If, uh, if, well, if he's even healthy, I don't even know how healthy he is. Has he even played for Cincinnati recently? He's with Costa Rica right now. Oh, is he okay? That's why they lost. Um, yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Well, it's because and get rid of Allen. Yes, um, but I think they should be Won't able to get much to turn this around. I think it's a fifty-fifty shot they go to the semis. Yeah, and they, but they, of course they play Mexico again if they do that. So we'll see how far. Which is kind of I, I know I so think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I think it should have been. I don't know why you're playing the team you just faced in the next in the yeah. semis. Well, it's because there's only twelve. Te- is it twelve? Sixteen? But no, sixteen teams. Yeah, you could easily yeah, have sixteen teams. You should not be playing a have, first should, from your group. Yeah, before the final. you should have A, B, C, D in yeah. one ha- top half and A, B, C, D in the second half. I think we'll be getting semis. Yeah. That's yeah I believe Canada should make it to at least the semis, but that's, so that's my head. But in my heart, I, I want them to win it, yeah. Like, Canada could win it. Like, Well, you speak – I mean, you heard it there in the interviews. Russell, Max, John Herdman, they all believe that Canada can go and win this thing. We believe. Yes. The He Believes Cup, we could maybe even call this. Because there is the She Believes Cup for the women. Which is my nice segue. It's better than the one I had, Zach. Just trust me on that. The first Gold Cup, as we mentioned, wasn't until 1991. The first Women's World Cup was also, coincidentally, in 1991. And the 2019 version in France is now in full swing. Or at least it's a couple of days old. The biggest match of the first round took place today. England (laughs) v Scotland. VAR. Haunting me. In my nightmares. Did it, it, was did it work call. for this match? It, it was a correct call. It was a correct call, but yeah. I've been watching the Under-20 World Cup as well. And VAR, VAR ruined Senegal-Korea. But 
every call was right. Yeah, exactly. But it just it meant there was eight plus minutes of stoppage time at the end in which Korea scored their equaliser to send it to extra time and then went on to win it in penalties. But it's just it's adding so much extra time on now because it's just disrupting it so much because they're not having quick decisions. Just in case people aren't following, that's in the men's U20. Yeah, men's U20. In the women's one, it's been used a lot so far yeah. in, in the tournament. It's usually for handballs too. Yeah, and it was today. And Russell Bensford had a, a good tweet about this. I think it was Russell. Who, he was saying he doesn't know, like, oh, actually, no, it was Paul, Paul Subhedgehog. That's who it was. Because it was for a handball in the box. And the commentators are always like, oh, they're looking to see if a hand was in a, an unnatural position. But when players have their arms behind their back, leaning forward so that the ball smacks them in the face, that's not exactly a natural position either. No. So you're expecting them to have their hands behind their back, but that's not natural. But it was for a handball. <laughs> this would be natural for Mike. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I'd be covering my nuts more in my face. <laughs> Two one loss for Scotland. So that for me, that's a World Cup over now. Yeah, no point watching it. Well, the, the, well it's only one game. Yeah. Oh, but you lost England, yeah. right? Yeah, sorry. The, the games, a lot of the games have been blowouts uh, for yeah. the most part. Today's there, there's a few Scotland games. game was a really good competitive game. I think the there's one other game I can't remember. Oh, uh, Italy versus oh, Australia. Australia. Yeah, big that was for the a, that was a two one victory for Italy. Yeah, yes. for Italy. They beat the Socceroos. Yeah. Oh, because the Socceroos have that Kerr uh, player, right? Kerr. She's yeah. supposed to be like the best player in the world right now in the and women's The thing game. is, they've invested so much money into the women's program in Australia. Wow. Uh, that's a uh, the, big show. The only game I got to watch live was uh, Norway's game against. Oh, but now I can't even remember. That was another blowout. Well, no, it was like was I think not? it was three nil. But uh, like they they were up three oh. nil in the first half, and then like they just took their foot off the pedal and yeah. kind of just coasted through the rest. That's what it felt like. Well, coasted so you through need the rest, to do rest really. Just well, get the win, and unless goal difference just comes into mm, you know first and do. second, and yeah. Canada's in action for the first time on Monday, so by the time most of you are listening to this on the podcast, the you, match will have been played. You'll know how many since he scored yeah. against Cameroon. Got an interesting tweet from Spice Boy on Twitter who wants to know who's going to score more goals, Alfonso Davies in the Gold Cup or Sinclair in the World Cup? I think there'd be, be more better odds for Sinclair to score I think more goals. Sinclair. I think Davies is going to be more of a facilitator. I'm going to say four for Sinclair, one or two for Davies. Yeah. Well, Davies got three or four last Gold Cup. Mm. He got three, right? Yeah, the golden but boot now they know all three, about yeah. him. Uh, now they have the book on Martinique him. Martinique and Cuba. Uh, Alfonso could do damage against Martinique and Cuba and, and also against Mexico. I, I Obviously, I hope that Sinclair gets no less than four goals in the tournament. Uh, to that'll break the record, right? Three equals yeah. and four, yeah. So that's what obviously everyone in the world outside of the United States wants to happen. Um, so I'll, I'll, yeah, I don't, I don't care who gets more between the two of them as long as Christine gets the four. Well, talking about Fonzie, just going back to the, to the men for just a couple of minutes, we got a, a tweet from the Couch Gaffer. Oh yeah, who is interested in hearing our thoughts on Bayern talking recently about possibly moving Davies from left wing to left back. Just so he can get more playing time. So that that helps him ultimately because it, it's the same movement a left winger does at left back, except the left back has to defend more, obviously. But you saw how but you criticized Robo was when he did that. Yes, but this is the, the this is a white caps yeah. compared to Baron Munich, which is two different 
you know, levels. Yeah, when you look at who else was playing up front for the Whitecaps versus who could yeah, play exactly. up front for mine, it's different. So in one, in one sense, I, I, I haven't read the, I haven't read or listened to this quote. What happened, uh, how I heard about this was a buddy, a good Byron friend of mine called me up um, and uh, I was talking to him about, and he's like, hey, what do you think about this? And I was like, oh, tell me what was said. And so he basically said, it's not that he's going to always play left back, but they want to get him more mm-hmm. minutes and some of those might come at left back because I didn't they say anything wrong with no because no. here's the here's I'm the thing for Breck Shea. oh please Why, could we not go one episode <laughs> um uh <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way but um uh David Alaba is also not a left back they Byron made him a left back right he he can play almost anywhere else on the pitch uh you know Austria he, he plays central midfield sometimes yeah. holding sometimes as uh the 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 middle in a in a the four two three one he'll play the middle of the three um he, I think he's also can he also played wide as well um and the so thing is Byron Byron doesn't hold back their left backs either no no they no. they let them attack especially in the Bundesliga and I think he was playing left back when he scored his goal too if I'm yes. not mistaken he'd so, come on he'd yeah. come on because I think Alaba got hurt in that game yeah. but so it, it is a yeah it's a bitter I can't remember what I said I think when this was all when he was going to Byron I was like oh I can't remember if I said oh as long as they don't like I think you did they won't play him there is yeah. what I said right I I, I I I can't remember what I said then but I I hope he gets more minutes forward, but I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's talk at Byron that, or there's talk around Byron that Leroy Sané might come in from City. Yes. So that well, would the latest, I think today there's another club interested, but they haven't had talks with them yet. One of the English teams, right? So Byron needs four wingers. Like I think they need because Coleman is a bit of a glass slipper. Serge Gnabry, I think people are feeling more confident in as a, as a as a winger and as a c- contributor to Byron. Period. Uh, if you bring, I think they're going to bring in one top kind of top quality winger, and that could be Sane. They might bring in Timo Werner, but he's not a winger, and I don't want him to come in obviously because he's dead bull. Um, but uh, I think if it's Sane, Davies, Coman, and Gnabry, they'll be f- that's uh, that's fine. The biggest thing is Davy needs needs to get minutes. So yeah, if some of those are left playing, if some of those are left back and he's attacking, I think that's I think it's okay. I, and that's your Bayern Munich preview for next season. I genuinely think we'll see him play left back for Canada at the Gold Cup. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I, I think him that, and Mark Mark Anthony K. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two good options to have when you're playing teams that that's, I guess you. Right for attack, someone like Martinique, but you don't want to leave yourself too short back there. And who's playing left back for the Canadian women at the Women's World Cup? I don't know, but they have got a couple of players Ashley that are right Chapman, injured. I think. Yeah, Ashley Chapman. So uh, back, back Lawrence to the, is on the other wing, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Back to the Women's World Cup. We were going to get our good friend Harjit Jahal on the show tonight to kind of preview Canada. She's in France right now. She's over in France, but because... She might be hungover. I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, there's every chance that she will be. It's also the time difference. Let's that, okay, the time, time difference. difference. Cut that yeah. part out. Cut yeah. that out. Okay. Cut, cut, cut. We'll leave that in. <laughs> That'll you, be a start to the show. Is the, the game's in Montpellier? Yes. Yeah. So most folk will be listening to this either as the game's getting played or, or after it. So we're going to get her on Surely the they're show not listening, next week. Not listening what, they're not listening to us while they're watching Canada. I can't see why not. I would. Okay. So <laughs> they play Cameroon on Monday in Montpellier. Cameroon are the 46th ranked team in the world, Canada's 5th. Then they take on the 19th ranked team, New Zealand, on Saturday, June 15th. So hopefully we'll speak to her either after that game it or, should be or after on Sunday. Game, yeah. Yeah. And then they play the 7th ranked team, which is going to be their toughest one, Netherlands, on June 20th. Yeah. 
The squad is missing a couple of key veterans. Diana Matheson, Ed McLeod. A lot of experience there. But they have uh, decent, re- not replacements, but the decent like cover for that. Like they have Jesse Goalkeeper's Fleming. Goalkeeper's still a little scary. No, for Stephanie Levy has been playing really well lately. But Jesse Fleming is a, like yeah. a pretty good cover for Diane Matheson. They would love to have Diane there, but if she's not there, it's not like in the past where they didn't have anything to yeah. use a replacement. Uh, but to me, they're also not like for like. No, they're not like. For so like. I think you miss Diane Matheson also also for the the leadership she brings. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, the way she is a part of helping I, bring the team together. I love her as a player. It's like yeah, she's what she, she's a little battler and just. Gets the job she, done in the middle of the pitch. She scored the goal against France, right? To get the, so, yeah. the bronze medal. Yeah. I'm almost yeah. sure of that. Either that um, one or the other bronze medal game. No, Yeah, I don't think it was against Bra- in Brazil. It was no. it was in London. But, I mean, but, you talked about the men's team being a good mix of experience and inexperience. Is that some good young players, including a couple of white caps girls as well, that, that's over in the team. And of course, new PSG signing Jordan Hutema, former TSS Rovers women's player. <laughs> Can't think of any other club she played for. But it should be a good tournament. Yeah. Canada, they're fifth ranked, so they're only expected to go to the quarterfinals if you base it on the ranking. Yeah, but the thing is they're fifth ranked, but a lot of people have them as underdogs. Yes. Which is weird. But then somebody was mentioning, oh, they're underdogs, so maybe that means they're going to win it all. Well, like (laughs) When you've got Sinclair, though, it's like you've always got a chance of winning games. I think some people are wary, right? Because you go back to eight years ago, and in the German World Cup, there was great hopes, and they crashed and burned really bad. And then you, the, but four the, years ago. But the way they're playing nowadays. It was different. It's so different. And, yeah. they're, and yeah. they have so oh. much more free flow. I, I wish. they slip up against New Zealand, yeah. they should be fine. I wish they could put a, a prime Sinclair into this squad. I, yeah. think, then I think they could be favorites at that point yeah. if they had that. Well, I think you had, uh, I don't know if we played an interview with her, but she's like, this is the team I've always yes. wanted to play with. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably great for her because. She's 35 now. Yeah, she's older and they, there's a lot, she has some great. Creative players and some great um, aggressive uh, wing wing wide players yeah. too that, that get the ball in there. I I think if Canada, I mean quarterfinals is where they're they're seeded to get to. If they do that, that's satisfactory. No, if they go to the semis, I think that's them performing above expectations in some ways. But I think in this country, the expectation is they're a top four side. In all the tournaments that they play in, yeah, I think so. I, I think if, if I think, and their goal is to make the final, right? If you talk to the players, oh yeah, their goal is to be in the final. A lot's going to depend on where the seedings end up and who plays who. I mean, England are one of the favourites. Scotland ran them ragged at times today, and I know it's the first match and they still find their feet. So I mean, they looked a team that Canada could certainly knock out. Well, they You've got they Japan them. as well. Yeah. And you got the US, obviously. Yeah. And then you got teams like, for, for example, a team like Spain, Netherlands. Well, they're France all capable looked, of doing it. France. Yeah, France, France is awesome in their opener. Well, and they've got the home the, advantage. And Germany. In, Germany, yeah, you can't count well. them out. Never got Ger- yeah. Holland is the reigning European champion. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Did they win at home, though? They might have won at home. I forget, I forget where that tournament was. Um, That's going to be a tough, tough game. Spain has been great at the younger ages. The, like, they're, 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 you think U20 or whatever? Yeah. Like they've been killing They're, they're up a coming team, yeah. But uh, at the senior level, they haven't quite done yet. So it'll be interesting to see if this is the time where they kind of make a bigger bigger breakthrough. And even though they lost Australia, it's not a weak team either. They got, Like no. you said, they got the best player in the world or one well, of the one top. One of the considered best. I just five. have a hunch they're not going to beat the Netherlands in the group game. 
I'm not saying they're going to get beat, but I don't think that's going to be a win. So then it could all come down to goal difference. This is one, especially because of how their games line up, I think this is different than like the men of the Gold Cup. The men of the Gold Cup, I think there needs to be a bit of a bigger, let's look at the group stage and the tournament mm-hmm. as a whole. With the women's team at the World Cup, I think it's like we need to focus on every single game one at a, one at a time yeah. because their games really do do build. You got Cameroon, then New Zealand, then then Hol- then oh, Holland. Oh yeah, big big golfing class from the first to the third. Yeah, and so I think you just focus on that one game at a time kind of thing, and then and then you keep doing that because you're knockout games, right? Well, we've got a few listeners that I know are over in France for this as well, so have a great time. Let us know, send us your pictures as well, we want to hear what's going on and just, it looks some good atmospheres. They've sold nearly a million tickets, which was their, their goal, they're right. over 900,000. The last figure I saw was 933,000, which is Do you phenomenal. think they'll get more than Canada? Canada had over a million. It could be close. There's been some empty seats in, in yeah. the stadiums for some of the games, but the group games are like that, because let's be honest... Some of these group games, some of these countries aren't at the world-class level. Yeah. And it's going to be when it gets to the knockout that we're going to see the top action. But, but overall, the women's game is in a, oh, it's gra- a, it's it's in come, a great place. Yeah, it's coming it's in leap, a, leaps and leaps and bounds. Like just, they just need to get it more on the club side as well yeah. because there's certain clubs in certain countries that's got the best of all the talent. But anyway, that is all our talk about Canada, for now anyway. We'll be back with some more chat after this. Hi, I'm Daniel Henry, and you are listening to AFTN. Games by Janet Key from 1979. I wanted to do something a little bit different with our 1979 song this episode. I had a punk one lined up last week if we'd done the show, it's going to be the Lurkers and Cyanide, so I was going to keep that for this one, but then I thought, no, let's have a little bit of reggae, a little bit of lover's rock, as it's called. That song reached number two in 1979. It first charted this week in the UK. It was a big hit over in Europe as well. It's one of those songs I remember watching as a, a little boy on top of the pops because such a distinctive vocal style. It's just so, so good. In the charts this week in 1979, it, it was a, a good week for what were to become a couple of disco classics. In Canada, Donna Summer's Hard Stuff. Do my little disco dance for Zach. Please, please stop. It reached number one today, 40 years ago. First of two weeks at the top. There was also a new number one in the UK. Another disco classic. Anita Ward's Ring My Bell. Which had a few little connotations, but it it got through the, the censor, so that was fine. It dislodged Blondie's Sunday Girl. It was to reach number one in Canada at the end of July. Hot Stuff was dislodged at number one in the US this week by the Bee Gees. Love You Inside Out. Tying in maybe with the Alien film that was also released this month. 
Breakfast in America by Supertramp was still the number one album in Canada and the US, with ABBA's Voulez Vous, the number one album in the UK. No big movies released this week. There was a cult classic, and I forgot to mention this to you earlier. Uh, it's called A Phantasm. Oh, I never saw that on the, my list. Uh, you actually should check it out. You'd probably really like it. It was on some critics. It's like one of the best horror movies. It's a. I know the name. It's I a sci-fi fantasy horror. It was basically, I'll give you the plot. It was a, it might be a little bit of a spoiler, but it was basically. An I'm un- old, I'll forget. It's, 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 it. a, it's an undertaker from another world who would take the dead and turn them into dwarf zombies and send them to his own planet to be used as slaves. Oh. So it was. It was. It was. Sounds, um, it was very much a cult classic. That sounds like an episode of Agents of Shield. No, not that. <laughs> did the, Did the Undertaker botch anything when he was doing it? No, no, no. That was Goldberg. They did that. Oh, I don't know. The Undertaker had a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bad one as well. Yeah, and I never watched it because I don't watch that stuff. No, we're AEW fans now. No, no, I don't watch anything from Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you're not going to do our show there with me, have our special no. outside broadcast. They're offering us millions to go and do it. I'll be in Qatar. I'll, I'll, I'll broadcast okay. for Qatar. They're pretty, they're pretty close. <laughs> the Whitecaps, though, they played two matches this past week, 40 years ago. First of first two games of a three-game road trip, they, they won 2-1 at Tulsa Roughnecks on June 7th. Carl Valentine got a goal and an assist. Ray Lewington got the Caps' other goal. Both goals came in the first three minutes of this match. The first one in 56 seconds. The match was actually meant to get played the day before, but it was abandoned at the 35th minute mark. The first time a match had to get cancelled in NASL history because there was thunderstorms, lightning, air raid sirens were going off for tornado warnings. The Whitecaps players weren't really sure what was going on. Were the Whitecaps up 1-0 or anything? Like <laughs> that it didn't actually have the score. I think it was 0-0. Oh, okay. But the uh, Whitecaps commentators who actually flew, because th- this is in the day when the commentators actually went to away games to, to do their commentary, they were in a metal booth and they didn't know what to do with all the lightning hitting. So that was a bit terrifying for them. How about get out? <laughs> they, they all survived, so it was fine. Three days later, though, the Whitecaps lost 1-0 to Minnesota Kicks. And that was 1979. Quick question about it was uh, I, I I don't remember the Ray Lewington. He wouldn't make it to the yeah he did. Oh, was he there? Yes. I didn't. I, that name I didn't recognize. Yeah, because the the Whitecaps players were introduced at that TFC game. I did wonder what they were thinking as they watched that game off. I could just picture Willie Johnson (laughs) sitting there going, well, this is shit compared to our day. It wasn't wasn't a performance in that TFC game meriting the occasion. No. Or honouring the the guys from the past. Didn't he have a a beer in the corner with Carl Valdez? He did. Did they make it warm just to help him out? I hope it was beer. Oh, boy. Scottish football days back in the seventies. You don't know what you were drinking out of a can. I thought they, I thought they did quite well honouring the the seventy nine guys. They came out in pairs. It was a bit like Noah's Ark. Kevin Hector came out with Bob Leonard Doozy <laughs> to booze. Oh, that's why they did pairs. Yes, I think they did the pairs because it's like let's put them with King Kevin. No one's going to boo and King there was Kevin. Booze. There was booze. Oh, really? I hadn't heard. Yeah. I, I think they had one... to put them with Carl if they wanted to avoid. Booze. I think they would have been booze no matter what. And 
It's it's sad. It wasn't. It, was, it wasn't because it wasn't throughout the whole stadium though. It was no, more no. It, it was a, it was a splattering, but yeah. it was definitely audible. Yeah. I just thought it was it was bad because you're there to honor his achievement on the pitch, not stuff that's happened off it and whatever you think of his management. In the but it's hard to. But, but it, you it, can tarnish what you've yeah, done. You can. It's hard to. It's hard for people to separate the two. It's it's difficult sometimes. I, I'm sure that was actually. That I, was I hard for him. I'm sure yeah, he, yeah. but I'm sure he expected some of it. Oh too. yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the club definitely... Because at one point they weren't sure if they were even going to introduce them. But I think they had to. They had to see who was who. But I had a lot of good chats with the guys just before that match. And we're not bringing you any of those interviews until September. Because one of our shows falls on the actual anniversary of the Soccer Bowl. Which for me is the day that you really do your honouring of so the guys. So, Mixler? We watch it, uh, Mixler? Oh, we could. What day? Oh, that'd be what interesting. Day? It's, it's, in August. it's one of it's, it's September eighth, and it's a bye week for the Whitecaps that week, so we don't have any Whitecaps. Is that, to is that Labor Day, or is the weekend before after? Okay. So why don't we after. do a mixer and we just uh, sync up to everybody could join in while we're watching at our next it. commercial break? I'll check that. the calendar. Okay, yeah. but yeah, we're going to have a special nineteen seventy nine celebration on that September eighth show. We're going to have interviews with Kevin Hector, Phil Parks, Willie Johnston, Ray Lewington. Buzz Parsons, Roger Kenyon, Carl Valentine, and hopefully Bobby Lerner-Doozy. What about Weimark? Did you Can you get one from the UK? I, If someone wants to, to track him down, I would love to get Trevor Weimark on All the right. phone. Or even go in person. <laughs> He's a tractor boy. We'll get tr- Chris Deal in there. Chris Deal. See what he can sort out. Hook it up. But as we talked about in the last show, the better that Canada do at the Gold Cup, the worse it is for the Whitecaps. <laughs> A big loss for the Caps defensively, losing three defenders and a defensive-minded midfielder in Russell Tybert. Four pretty regular starters. They're going to miss at least two games, Colorado at home, Dallas away. Realistically, Seattle away. Possibly, if they go very deep, LAFC away. But the Seattle and Dallas games are huge, considering how the table is and how close it is just now. How will the team cope? That was something I asked Mark DeSantos just before the TFC game. How much he's looking forward to the break, how they're going to cope with these players being away, and if any of the the players in the Under-20 World Cup has caught his eye. Let's really hear what he had to say. With the Gold Cup coming up, we kind of knew at the start of the season that a number of the players were going to be away, especially on, on the defensive side. I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You want these guys to go and play and do well for Canada, but the deeper they go in the tournament, it gives you more problems. Yeah. You you answered. Yeah. <laughs> like, if in an ideal world, I don't want them to go. <laughs> I think about the yeah. Whitecaps. I'm selfish. But in the, the also the, the side of... Uh, of uh, what's good for the player and what's good for, for the country. Of course, I want him to go, and I want them to do very well. And having Andy Rose playing back there in that three-five-two, yeah. is, is, was that part of it? You wanted it was to have part a of it was part of the plan that we knew that we could have uh, a player there that could play that kind of emergency role. And when we signed Andy, Andy, we had in mind that. He was, uh, he was capable of playing that kind of emergency role, uh, not only as a, as, a, as a midfielder, defensive midfielder, uh, centre-back, but I even think that he could play as a right-back in case of emergency, yes. 
How, how much are you looking forward to this break? Has it come at a time you kind of want to recharge your batteries a little bit? We'll, we'll all have um, four days off before we resume training again. And, you know, for me personally, it's important. I want to be with my family a couple of days. I haven't seen them now for two months, yeah. right? And these are moments that are key and important. A lot of the guys are going to go out and, and relax and we want to do it with a win to to really enjoy it totally. But in 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 my personal way of being, I, I'm never off. You know, even home, there's a rule that in the morning uh, I have three hours that I could work, and then I totally <laughs> take care of the. So I go normally from when I wake up until eleven more or less, and then I totally with the family because you're always thinking about some details of the next window we're working hard on the next window working on opportunities watching players the the time i really take a break is at the end of the season where there's 10 days that i totally disconnect with everything how much football do you find yourself watching a week is it like every day you're watching Uh, something yeah 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 every day i between scouting opponents, set plays, watching our games, uh, European games as a fan, like I watched Europa League final yesterday, more as a fan, uh, watching Champions League Saturday. In average, I could easily watch, in average, two to three games a day. Yeah. I thought in I average. Ball, but yeah. <laughs> in average, for sure, two to three, depending on the competition, yeah. the game. I watch Japan, Mexico. I want to watch US, uh, Qatar. I want to. Yeah. Uh, have you seen any players that obviously don't need yes, names? But have you yeah. seen players that's on your radar now from that? Tournament? The problem right now, we need to see after the tournament how the dust comes because the players who are in my radar, I would tell you that at the World Cup, I've see, I'm looking at a group of 12 players but when I wake up in the morning and I google them Chelsea's looking Benfica's looking yeah it's tough to look at the very average player and say like that oh this guy from Japan Milan's not gonna want him but maybe if we get him and we work with him that's tough to do you know so the guys I look at I, I already know that big clubs are looking at that's the the tough part you need to see after the world cup how it comes yeah and then okay in the list that i had what's going on with these guys also some of them will raise their games yes they're playing in a, in a big tournament like the, well. the the guys from mali the friend they're they're all linked to french first division Sochaux, so bordeaux tough, yeah. saint-etienne uh, le havre all of them and you're like oh i like this number six there's a, a guy, the, the number six of Mali, but he plays with number eight and he's very good player, very good player. And you watch the game I was watching against Panama. Oh, this is a good player. This is really a good man. He, he has the characteristic kind of chara. But some the, New Zealand guys have stood out Some in well. New Zealand. But then when you Google about the name and you click on news, it's already linked. The New Zealand, no. The New Zealand players know there. Many of them are the Australian league. So these are good guys to kind of follow up. But like I made a, a, a an inquiry about a new a, a winger in, from New Zealand, and is he doesn't start in his team, and his buying price was four million. 
And I'm like, shit, in beyond, <laughs> in beyond was 1.8, 2 million. How's this That's guy crazy. for? So the market is very aggressive yeah. right now, very inflated. It's, it's tough now to be in the market. The gaffer there. The the last bit of that interview, you might have read the article that I had up on AFTN just about the players in the under-20 that had caught his eye and how difficult it is to to try and find any top-quality young player these days that another club, big club, doesn't have interest in already or doesn't have a ridiculous asking price. Four million for a New Zealand winger that's not even starting in his club team is crazy, man. Is that Declan Wynn? <laughs> He's starting. Colorado's turned it around. Don't mock the deck. But yeah, it's 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 tough, I think, for a club like the Whitecaps that aren't spending money to be able to compete with teams around the world, never mind teams within MLS. But that's an inflated initial price. The thing is with them is if they wait a while, those prices will come down because nobody's going to be paying you. If you wait long enough, you get a free transfer. We talked there, of course, about the, the players being away. And the good part of it all, at least defensively, is the fact they've been playing the last couple of games three at the back and Andy Rose has been one of that back three beside Eric Godoy. He's got that understanding with him now. It looks like if they go for a flat back four when these guys are away against Colorado and Seattle, you're going to have Godoy partnering with Rose. If you go for three at the back, it's who else you maybe put in there. Could Ali Adnan play one of those back roles? Do you throw in a Brendan McDonough who hasn't got any experience? Someone was asking tonight about Jasser Kimiri and how it's all gone quiet about him. He's still rehabbing the injury, which has been worse than was first thought. And I, what I'd heard, and it's not been confirmed, but the surgery did not go as well as it should have done. The initial one? Yes. So, okay, I was going to ask you that if it was a, a setback in, like he... Sort of do something that had problems. You're no, hearing that the surgery, the surgery didn't, didn't hadn't gone as well. It wasn't as, it was as successful yeah. as it was supposed so to be. It's been a long haul back for him, but hopefully, 2020. Yeah, hopefully that it's not going to be a, a NOSA situation. Or who was the who was the Dutch guy we had last year? Oh yeah, the winger with the dreads. Yeah, yeah. that he never saw a minute of play. But we've got Andy Rose. We can count on him. He's talking about the unsung well, heroes I, in the first I mean, part he's one of those guys that's yeah. a bit of an unsung hero yeah and it may, I mean if you don't see him at centre back then he'll, he'll probably show up right back it'll, yeah. it'll work out we'll fit him in somewhere but I did get a chance to, to speak to Andy Rose just about taking on this new role and just how he's feeling after that facial fracture that he had earlier in the season and a few more things as well With the Gold Cup coming up, there's a lot of the guys obviously being called up to it, and it's a big core of the Whitecaps defence, which at the start of the season we knew this was likely to happen. The centre-back position, it looks decimated with Derek and, and Daniel going away. Having these games where you've been playing at the back there, it, has that been important to get you kind of in the swing of playing back there for these matches coming up? 
Yeah, definitely. No, I think um, first and foremost, obviously, both those guys have been massive for us this season. So certainly going to be a miss. Um, but obviously, we knew that all along, and it's an honour for them to go away and represent Canada. Um, and we're really excited for them. But certainly, getting these games has been important. And um, I'm very fortunate with our coaching staff that got coaches who uh, explain things very well. We go through so much video. I was doing a lot of video work this week with Vanny, who's a defensive specialist. And um, So, no, I feel very comfortable back there, and it's not something I've played a lot of throughout my professional career. But certainly, um, you know, I've grown more comfortable in there. I was going to ask you about that, because you, you look a natural back there. I mean, sometimes when, when players get a bit older, and you've got a lot of time to go, <laughs> but it's like they do look to maybe switch into mm-hmm. a defensive thing just to give them a bit longer in the game. Is sure. that something you, you might consider? It's always been something at the back of my mind. It's always been a role I thought um, I would enjoy one day, but obviously you need an opportunity, and um, sometimes those come at different times. And obviously uh, with Daniil going down against Kansas City, it was something that Mark spoke to me about before the New York game. We didn't get a chance to really practice it a lot, but um, straight away kind of thrown into the fire against a team that presses an awful lot, and you, you, uh, you know, we found it hard to build from the back. I, I think a lot of teams do at Red Bull Arena, so um, a test like that certainly gave me confidence, especially in that second half moving forward, that that's a role I could play. Um, and since then, it, you know, I've, I've been really, really comfortable. Obviously, the, the Dallas game, I think we um, took a lot of pressure, but in a good way, and we felt comfortable in our in our shape. Um, playing next to Eric and Derek gives me a lot of confidence because they're both fantastic defenders. Um, and in both games, you know, whoever it was, Zach or Max behind me, communicating an awful lot. It's a role I enjoy. It's a tactically very different than playing in midfield, but the whole game is in front of you, so you see a lot. Yeah. And I think uh, you have to be be able to communicate um, positionally what you want from your midfielders. And obviously, having so much experience playing in that midfield role, I can really um, speak to the guys in front of me well. Um, so no, it's something I've, I've enjoyed so far. And game coming up in a couple of weeks against Seattle, you're going to be heavily involved in that, I would imagine. How much are you looking forward to, to going and playing in your, your old stomping ground? Of course, no, look, I think Mark said it best when he said it a few weeks ago that we want a group of guys who are up for the challenge every single week. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. So if that's FC Dallas, New York, Kansas City, Seattle, obviously certain players, Freddie and I included, have ties to Seattle and, and different players play against their former clubs. Obviously we played, you know, Zach played you know, against Colorado earlier on in the season and, and different players have ties to different places. So, of course, it's a... A game I look forward to. Missing out on on the game when they came up here was uh, was gutting. You know, being injured for that one, it would have been a great occasion for me. Um, so of course, I'm, I'm excited for that. I still have a lot of a lot of friends there. Um, but I think we need a group that each and every week uh, focuses on the next match and is equally excited to, to play and get out there and take your opportunity. How are you feeling now after the injury? It looked so scary at the time, and obviously I know it was because you're in hospital for for such a time. Are you fully recovered? Is there still any pain at all? Or? No, I feel great. You know, concussion-wise, it was um, it was a case of going through the protocol, and that took a good eight, nine days or so before I was really cleared. But in terms of the fracture, the placement of the fracture was such a strange one. I really wasn't in any pain, and, and I right. felt like I could have come back much quicker. It was just a case of giving the bone really time to heal, and that took the full six weeks. So it was a frustrating one because I felt great, and I was doing so much work out on the pitch, but just wasn't able to head the ball. So... The guys tell me there's been a few instances where they've kind of winced a little bit, a few challenges I've gone in for since, but it's just not something I think about, especially at the back. You know, you need to be willing to to put your head into challenges and, um, you know, it's not something I think twice about. So, of course, it was scary at the time, but uh, happy to be past that now. Just the very last thing, the, the West, I mean, it's always a tight conference. Right now, though, 
There's nothing between the teams. It looks like every single point is crucial. Going into the, the break, I think it's been important to get these points on the board because there's been times it, the team does look like it's got some deficiencies. Mark's talked about wanting to improve it, but to still be in touch and so close to it with the hope of then pushing on the second half, it must. everyone must be confident for what's to come in the second half of the season. Certainly, and obviously you, you try not to look too much at other results at this point in the season, but there's so many teams around us, and um, you're right, it's just about getting those points on the board whenever you can, and we certainly feel there's probably at least six or seven points out there from earlier in the season that we probably should have decisions and whatnot going against us, yeah. and and so we, uh, you know, we're excited about where we are. We're in touch and distance. We're right there. We need to make sure we stay there in and around the red line. Um, we know other teams are going to lose points throughout the season, so we need to to take our opportunities. And obviously, tomorrow is a massive chance for us. Great. Thanks so much for your time, Andy. And good luck for the rest of the year. Thanks so Cheers, much. Man. Cheers, man. I got a feeling inside of me. It's kind of strange, like a stormy sea. I don't know why, I don't know why. I guess these things have got to be. I've got a new rose, I've got a good. Yes, I knew that I always would. I can't stop to mess around. I got a brand new rose in town. Andy Rose there, the utility Swiss army knife of the team. The Caps are going to know their Canadian Championship quarterfinal oh, opponents man. on Tuesday. Oh my! Did you did you watch the first leg? I watched you know the happened? end of it. Yeah, yes. that's the most important part. Because where we were staying down in Oregon had really spotty Wi-Fi, ah. and it, trying to stream anything was an absolute nightmare. We were right on the water. I think that was possibly why. So they're going to play the winner of Forge and Cavalry. It's tied at one-one. Cavalry ahead in the tie because they got the vital late, late away goal to keep their undefeated season. Yes, and these are two teams. They don't like each other. To say the least. Yes. Especially after the game. After the game, there was um, allegations of racist abuse. There was a couple of tweets and an Instagram post. Jordan they Brown made... taken the, down. No, Jordan... Oh, yeah, but the, the Jordan Brown tweet is in an article somewhere. I can't yeah. remember which article. The, the tweets are all in various articles. Yeah, because Elijah, Elijah put something out too. Elijah right? put okay. something out and Nick Mavilla. Uh, so they've all been taken down. Probably... Because Jordan Brown's tweet named who the person was that had yeah. made the allegation, yeah. which was the acting coach. Forge head coach. Not Bobby P- S. P- Peter no. Reinders. Um, I think he's from Belgium or something Dutch. like that. Or Dutch, is he? Um, yeah, Bobby, he's doing the uh, UEFA uh, course yeah. in, in England. That's why uh, uh, Peter Reinders yeah. was taking over. But the CPL is investigating. But Jordan Brown said that they, they were upset about it, and then they basically said that and I think he he confirmed who it was to a, a, a journalist as well to who the person was. But they said they would make the complaint as a team. Jordan Brown wasn't mm-hmm. the one that who made the name. Yeah, he said he, he didn't actually hear it. He was just yeah, told. He was told, told by he was supporting a teammate. Yeah. Tommy heard it. I think, well, Tommy mentioned it in his post game press conference. Oh, did he? Yeah. That either he, I don't know, I can't remember now if it was he heard it or he was still, but there's also, I've seen a screen capture of after the brawl and like Tommy's, I think, ta- talking to the coach or there's some yeah. officials there and he's point like, and he does not look super happy. Because the, the thing is, when a brawl like that just sparks out of nothing, you know that something's been yeah. said. Yeah. And because of previous things that you've seen, my mind always, when it's a, a black player that's involved, you do wonder. Was it something said that because Malonga really went off? Yeah, 
and you wonder what exactly was said. It's not a great look for the CPL. What's not a great look either is how long it'll probably take them to do it. Kyle Becker thing took two weeks. Obviously, you want to have it all properly done. And it's not a player, so it's not at least affecting this leg. But he's going to be on the sideline. And it could all kick off again if things get heated on the pitch. To to their credit, uh, I think the CPL and Forge have come out and said, there there. There is an incident, yeah. and we are investigating. Because so it's going to be the CSA that's got the final jurisdiction. Well, yeah, I well, it's called the. Well, it's like a disciplinary committee yeah. thing, right? So but it, initially, the CPL is doing the research. So yeah, these are two teams. Well, the games, the two games, the league and this cup games, being feisty between them. Tuesday should be very interesting. If you haven't got one soccer, even just get your day pass to watch this one. It's going to be a cracker. Yeah, it's in in Calgary. Right? In Calgary, yeah. and the Whitecaps play the winner in July. Anyway, we will be back with the final part of tonight's show after this. Hi, I'm Mark Anthony Kay, and you're listening to the AFTN Radio Show. Welcome back to the fifth and final part of the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. What was that music, Steve? It is a group from uh, Toronto slash Montreal, uh, Yandare, and it's I believe the group is called Yamantaka slash Sonic Titan. I don't know why they have a double name, but uh, that's the way they're set up. That was fantastically read. Yeah. I'm and I even, I, even, I didn't even have it in front of me either. I don't know where it went. <laughs> I was looking for it there while I was doing that. Yeah, they're they're kind of uh, electronic. Nobody, there was no trance uh, show. It seems like today, mm. so I thought I'd bring some trance in here, and uh, and they got a little bit of an Asian theme to them too as well. Now it's wavelength time, and I had a wavelength plan for tonight, but I've made a made a late change. Some of you may have seen uh, the. Manager of Leighton Orient, Justin Edinburgh, died on Saturday, aged just 49. He suffered a cardiac arrest on Monday evening and unfortunately died in hospital. Just coming off a fantastic season with Leighton Orient, he'd guided them back to the Football League that won the National Championship. He'd got them into the, the final as well of the, the FA Trophy. And the future just looked so bright for, for Edinburgh and Leighton Orient. He'd previously guided... Newport County into the Football League as well from the the non-league conference. Only 49, former Tottenham Hotspur player. A lot of players will, or a lot of people will know him from his time in Tottenham. So I thought just in in honour of his memory, we would delve into a song about Leighton Orient from round about, I think, 1990-1991. This is just called It's Orient's Time. What a great moment! Your budget's gone! 
Tribute to the late Justin Edinburgh, R.I.P. But now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national, and international news, stories, links, and a lot more beside. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What has been catching these eyes of yours this week, Steve? Well, I have an important announcement to make for all the listeners of the AFTN podcast and the people of the world. Infantino says FIFA is toxic no more. (laughs) They did it! (laughs) Your radiation suits worked. And he got got elected in a second term, which is amazing. (laughs) Because he ran unopposed. Oh. A symbol of the non-toxicity. Yeah. Did he clean up it all himself? Well, the, here's what some, of the, some of the stuff he says. He says, today nobody is talking about crisis. Nobody is talking about rebuilding from scratch. Nobody is talking about corruption. We have turned things around. FIFA has gone from being toxic, almost criminal, to what it should be, an organization that develops and cares about football. Can't argue with that. No. That's FIFA. If you, when you think about FIFA, you think caring. Yes. <laughs> Actually, you think about the video game. Usually, yeah, oh, that's a good point. That's true, yeah. Or most of the world. 
Yeah. In other news, uh, FIFA is dealing with Chelsea uh, as they have a little bit of a scandal going on still. Uh, they're appealing their transfer ban to the Court of Arbitration of Sport. They they were fu- they were basically banned for two signing windows this summer and the next uh, winter. Yeah, uh, because they breach rules against dealing with international players under the age of eighteen. That's why oh. they that's why they way way overpaid for Christian Pulisic from yeah, Dortmund because they, they knew Hazard, Hazard was, was, was going, going away. Yeah. yeah, and who else? Someone else is leaving too, isn't it? I don't know, but they got so many players on loan. Yeah, well, yeah that's so, the thing. So they could bring a lot of players back. This is what's so annoying about these big teams. They just buy it's, all it's, No one does it more than Chelsea. It's really two teams. It's Man City and Chelsea. Chelsea and Man do City yeah. do it all the time. At least Man City's got their teams around the world as well yeah. that they can loan them out to. Satellite teams. Uh, big news in, in Germany this week. Uh, Union Berlin uh, were promoted to the first time to the Bundesliga. I watched these games. Yeah, and they had a two-day celebration. They defeated Stuttgart on away goals to earn their first ever promotion. Tens of thousands of supporters flooded the streets and the bridges. The squad boarded a boat, uh, escorted by 30 other boats, traveled about 10 miles. Every, every bridge fireworks were released. Um, and then... I think the uh, there was a former player, uh, QPR player, uh, Sebastian Polter. He claimed he'd been celebrating with his teammates and supporters for about 48 hours. It ended at the, I believe, uh, started from the city square, and then they went on a bus to the stadium, and that's where it ended two days later. So Biggest so, invasion of Berlin in 74 years. <laughs> well, the thing is, is it, it's interesting to see, because uh, you probably know a little bit more about this. They were on the east side. Yeah, of yeah, Berlin, uh, they team. were always like they were saying, "Tear down these walls!" Uh, very early on, um, they do have a theme They're song. They're like a kind of Saint Pauli of East Germany, S- if I'm right. They, they, they have, similar. Sort of. They have a theme song that's like got a Soviet themes in it. Like a, it sounds like a Soviet anthem. Let's put it this way: the Union, like the Union, they, Berlin. they play Motorhead. Before the games yeah. and during halftime, they, they're not. They're not like uh, these are not glory hunting people. No, they, I think they went to training like before the playoff. I, I forget where I heard this. I think they went to the the training before the playoff matches, and we're just like, if you don't, if we don't go up, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> like, they, there's a lot of things they like about their existence in the second division and the way their football club is run and all that kind of stuff. I think they're going to enjoy at least one year in the Bundesliga, maybe more. Does that is it not like two East German teams that's in? Bundesliga. Well, do you? Do you uh, no one counts hurt the Berlin really is it East Berlin. So who's the other one for next year? Is it not one of the Red Bull teams? Oh, Dead Bulls in Leipzig. Yeah, mm. okay. No, but I don't think that's not a football club. But Hertha no. Berlin and, and Union Berlin are going to have their first ever oh, derby. Yeah. First that Bundesliga derby. Yeah. They played before, but yeah, yeah. I, I watched the two legs. First one was two all, and then the second one it was a bit of a damp squib. Really, it was nil nil. But yeah. the, the celebrations after it, this the commentating of the celebrations after yeah. it was yeah. hilarious. And they, and they, they couldn't. And the police were trying. Off. Police were trying. To, they're desperate to keep people keep yeah. people off, but they couldn't. I, I'm really happy for them. It's sad for Stuttgart. Stuttgart is a very traditional club in Germany, who's not had the greatest run. They're, they're turning into a bit of a yo-yo club. <laughs> the, this, the look of the the, uh, the coach's face, uh, mm-hmm. the manager's face, was like, oh my god, we lost. Like you almost had like a Kevin yeah. from. Uh, uh, what do home you home home yeah. thing. So I hope Stuttgart will come back because I do really uh, have a appreciation for Stuttgart and they have some some quality supporters. The Un- the Union Berlin supporter Union Berlin supporters are really they'll do good. They'll, they do lots of tifo, lots of visual displays, lots of flares. There'll be lots of good times. Uh, I don't know if I'll get to. I still have never been to a Bundesliga match. I'm like I really want to go to oh. a Bundesliga. I've been to like cup games. I've been to Champions AFTN road trip. There we go. Maybe next year for a year that I can take in a, a game there. Um, so most club teams uh, are done. 
except for MLS, obviously, because they're on a different schedule. But yeah. in Europe, most club teams are done. Most teams are going to be in Africa. There's a couple teams that still have to play a game. <laughs> a um, special game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Morocco Club, uh, Wyatt uh, Casablanca. And Ayman Ben Mohammed's team, Esperance it is. Yes. Yeah, they still have to replay their second leg. Because the, fir- a second, the first time they played the second leg, it was basically abandoned. Uh, because they, and they awarded the match and the title. It's kind of the Champions League version of Af- in Africa. Yeah. They awarded the team uh, the title to the Tunisian club, uh, but now they've stripped it back. Now, like, what happened? Okay, so let's go back. You, you know about this, Michael? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, it's unbelievable. Wyatt Casablanca, the Moroccan side, basically walked off the field at the 60 minute mark after VAR, which wasn't available prior to the match. The officials knew it, but the players didn't know it. Um, wouldn't review a, a review a goal that was called offside, but looked very onside. So they wouldn't review it. They were very upset. The the goal would have tied the match and the two game series. Uh, and then the game was like we said after a ninety minute delay was awarded to Esperance. The, in the first leg, they had a, a, a goal ruled out as well by VAR, uh, and they also had penalty appeal too. The first leg official also was banned for six months. Uh, mm. Because of his uh, poor officiating in quotation marks. So okay, well, my understanding was so maybe you said this, so maybe I missed it. But what happened was so yeah, one one the first leg, the second leg goes, and before the match, they find out that the VAR is not working. Yeah, but the referee or whoever makes the decision. Okay, we're going to go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so whoever I don't know if it was the referee who made the decision, but whoever made that decision probably needs to bear some responsibility for in all sure. this because it's a little bit chaotic. Because because it's not so, fair if you have one one game yeah. officiated one way, one game. Well, because then what happened when they so the, when they got the equalizer, so the one team went up and they were up two one on, on aggregate one yeah. in the game. The equalizer gets score scored. The, the linesman calls it back for offside. Put raises his flag. Yeah, they call it back for offside, and then uh, my understanding is so. They asked him to look at VAR, and the referee's like, no, it was a goal. So what they do, did was they went to, to, to go take the kickoff, and the team wouldn't kick off. Yeah. And they are like, because they knew if they kick off, then you can't use VAR. Yeah. So they are like, go use VAR. And then finally the ref, <laughs> the guy was just like, or, I don't know if he, he stopped the game or whatever. But then He, he just admi- walked off. Yeah. He, he admitted that we can't use VAR because VAR is not, <laughs> not yeah. working. It's crazy. I, I want to read a tweet by a, a UK broadcaster that I love, Danny Baker. This is his tweet today about VAR. VAR. All those who approve of it would be collaborators in a war. It's the new rules. Make way, old folks, they say. We see violation of the new laws. It's a disgraceful betrayal of what chaotic mad football is about. All in favour are crumbs and pliant geese. That is all. Hashtag no VAR. The the crazy thing is for me is... Who decided to go ahead with this game? Yeah. Was it was it like a you know you, you think of like the Copa Libertadores finals? Like if you don't do this, there's going to be a, there's going to be riots. Like what like what what went into that decision? Because it seems a pretty simple common sense thing to go to the clubs and say, hey, look, we had VAR in the first game. Whatever reason, it's not available today. The, there's a computer, whatever things are broken. Either let's agree to play without it, yeah. or. Let's postpone yeah. this and wait till... P- postponing it is something that could lead to riots. Yeah. And we, I mean, we've seen a lot of riots, sadly, in North African football over the years. And I know that that would suck for the traveling supporters yeah. especially. But, but at least the countries are quite close. Yeah. And it, it was, snow wasn't involved either. Yeah. Mm. But but still, at le- like, 
there needed to be tra- this is the kind of thing there needed to be some transparency on. So um, what happened was a couple of days later, that after fo- following an eight-hour meeting over two days, the the you know, Confederation of African Football Group announced that Esperance would be stripped of their title, medals be returned, the match is going to be played on replayed on neutral ground after the conclusion of the upcoming African Nations Cup at the end of July. And then, the, but also because uh, there are a lot of fans of both teams in France, they were there protesting as well. When the announcement was in, they had the police were called to break up some fights between the two f- groups of fans as well. Jeez. So, can you imagine what's going to happen when the actual game is played? Wow. And if we end up signing Ayman Ben Mohammed, then he won't be able to play. Well, yeah, there in that way. Yeah. yeah. But FIFA, toxic, no yep, more. No more. <laughs> you heard it here first. That is it for tonight's show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapSpeed. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. And tonight, on tonight's show, I learned that FIFA is no longer toxic. I think we all did. I am Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada, on Instagram at AFT in Soccer, and on YouTube at AFT in Canada. Also, want to give a big shout out to Predictor Pooch, who is 15 years old. June 10th today. Many happy returns, Predictor Pooch. That's 105 in dog years? I think it is, roughly, yeah. 90 to 100. Imagine when we get to 100. Are you getting a bone or what are you doing? I've got my special birthday cake. We picked it up today. Made of like dog food? Uh, made of pumpkin and maple syrup and stuff. It's, it's for dogs. Oh, okay. It, it didn't just go to normal. It's bakery. not from your like uh, that British shop you go to get meat pies at? No. Okay. We had that for breakfast today. But that is it for tonight's show. We'll be back next week with another fun-packed two hours. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care and allez la rouge! Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.